welcome to one last episode, for now, of Game of King Chair. I'm your host, Dick, and we have our co-host, Nick. Hello. How you doing, Nick? I'm good. That is good. And we got Brando Stone in the house. What's going on, dudes? So much more animated than us. <laughs> you Hi. guys had a late Hi, night, Nick. right? I am Dick. Hi, Nick. Hi. Hello. Hi. How you doing? How you doing What's up, guys? <laughs> no, uh, it's like a it's like a switch. She's like, yes. click. You know, it, yes. you know, when I do my show, it's almost like me and me and Mike are like, oh, like, click. we already got Nate Phillips, the Pod Daddy, <laughs> blessing this wintry podcast in the stream. Thank you, Padre. He says, "Mad love, guys." Hashtag Dong of the North. <laughs> dong master. Yeah. Dong master. Yeah. Dong master father. of dongs. Yeah. Like when I do the show with Mike, we're sitting there, we're talking, we're getting stuff ready. It's after a long day at work mm-hmm. and ten long hours. It's like six o'clock. Yeah, kind of coming down. Like okay. Yeah. Like, dude, you ready to go? Okay. Yeah, me too. Like, what's up, Tudorinos? Welcome back to the Game Max <laughs> Podcast. And I, because you got to start strong, man. You got to come oh, yeah. right in, and yeah. it just—it's like I've learned to just click it on. Ah, I like that method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like I said, this is the kind of final episode of the show. We are going to discuss the whole series, uh, yeah. what we loved about it, what we hated about it, which is probably a lot of hate towards the final season. I think I think we all kind of just we all liked the final season. Yeah, yeah. We just I did, I did. I will say that. You can definitely tell, like, a tonal shift or even, like, a pace oh, yeah. shift. But, I mean, and that was going back from, like, season seven, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, it, season seven kind of set up the new pace for how this was going to go. And this was more like, it's not even necessarily fair to say that season seven was the first half of the last season. It's almost like it was the first three quarters. Oh, and shit, then yeah. this part was, like, the last <laughs> final chapters. Despite the fact that we got, like, Eight, like roughly eight to nine hours of content. Mm-hmm. Like to say that this was like only a quarter of a season, basically. <laughs> well, because they could have had, they could have had a oh, lot more. They, yeah, they, they, they could have done more. They could have stretched a lot of stuff out. But it, well, and that's how they, you know, they could have done a lot more talking. Well, if they're because if they're, they that, couldn't find a happy medium. No, you can. they couldn't. They well, they didn't though. They I'm did saying. not. They they could have. <laughs> Uh, but I think a part of it was it's like, you know, we are wrapping this up, and they were trying to find like, you know, like episode two was the nothing happened episode other than talk. Yeah, you know, they were trying to because they had, they knew they were going to have two episodes, mainly, you know, episode three and then five that were, you're not going to have a lot of talking in those episodes. Mm-hmm. They already knew that, so but they utilized two and four. For a lot of that, and, and, and one to be fair, mm-hmm. and then of course, mm-hmm. then that just leaves the last one to really just put a bow on it. I feel like the last one is the one like you could have gotten two episodes out of everything they oh, shoved in the last one, definitely, because yeah. it just it was like, I mean, yeah, I said that too. Like, I, that was that you, was my main tip. You think with two that. hours would have been better instead of just yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you could have spent you could have spent an episode with Danny's downfall and then an episode with the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. That, that's a yeah. That's exactly what I said. Uh, like, some, someone pointed out that uh, in the last episode you see Tyrion walking for seven minutes, not saying a word. <laughs> seven minutes. Yeah, that's a lot of time of just Tyrion and walking a, around in a whole minute and a half of him rearranging chairs or straightening. <laughs> that was them a up. nice callback, though. 
it, it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, it, and it's those, it's those little things that if you're gonna do the pacing, they they don't need to be there. But I understand why they're there. I understand the importance of them, and it's just like we could have gotten a lot more story instead of this, or a lot more story plus this. I also don't know how my, how I would have felt if it was a full ten seasons. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's that image where it's like seven and eight are the the, the fight for the dead or yeah. fight against the dead, war versus the dead. Uh, then fight against the Lannisters, and then ending with the destruction of King's Landing. I just don't see how long it would take. I I, I can't see the dead taking that that long to march from like uh, you know Castle by the Sea. Oh, I can't remember that. East Watch. East Watch. East Watch to all the way to Winterfell. It's going to take them that long to get there. Man, like, it's I, like, I, I know they're seven dead. seasons to get to the wall, so. I know that they're dead, okay? But it's. They're reinvigorated. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, dude, we can get past the wall now. We got a, we got an ice demon. You know, we can we can go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't Did know. Did you see that brightened up version of the yeah, dragon? Yes. Fight? Well, yeah. We actually, we watched that here at the end of yeah, the last week's episode or whatever. <laughs> and, and it's just like, I didn't see any nope. of that nope not i saw some heads i saw some fire saw the night king kind of fall now was that fight above the like the blizzard or was that in the blizzard both both a little bit both because there's definitely times where they like flew up higher above mm-hmm. it well, well there, because with the moonlight you could actually see like mm-hmm. a lot more mm-hmm. you know well yeah because there's there's those uh there's that scene where danny and john both fly above the clouds mm-hmm. like the like the old batman 89 mm-hmm. batwing going up and Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like like stalling right above the moon to fall back down. And yeah, they're just they're just hovering there, like looking down. And here comes fucking Night King out of nowhere on the Sarion, <laughs> just furious as all hell, just shooting fire the whole time, ice fire. And it's just like that was such a cool scene because he's just relentlessly chasing them upwards. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes back to Blizzard and no. After, after seeing that, it's like, yes, that would have been awesome to see. And we were, yeah, it's like we were a little robbed of that. But to the other notion, I really loved the overall visual tone of that episode. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. the level of immersion you had in that. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, I kind of I, I kind of also want, I want there to be two I, different I, versions. I, I, I liked how I felt like I was just as lost as everyone who was there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you spent probably 15 20 million dollars on this on these these fucking scenes and i can't see them especially seeing it lit up it's just like 55 guys, days you just admit that it was too dark just lighten it the fuck up a little bit you're able to cgi out starbucks cups yeah just light water it up. bottles just say yeah yeah we'll lighten it up a little bit so you can actually fucking see what's yeah. going on mm-hmm. i mean uh a fan lightened it up and put it out there and it was so badass yeah it was so fucking cool i'm like I never, I never saw any of that shit. <laughs> Given, like, I feel like if you mess with, you can either mess with your TV settings or in the final, like, Blu-ray version where it'll be able, more, you'll be able to actually see the depth of things and the dark, inside the darkness. And I mean, so uh, let's fast forward to episode five, the very beginning of episode five, um, when uh, Daenerys is about to execute uh, Varys. And they actually showed, like, the the CGI going with the dragon behind her, mm-hmm. and the, there's you they literally animate the whole entire dragon. They 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 put him up there, and then they completely shroud him in darkness and black, 
It's like, but he's still animated there in the black. And it's like, why? I mean, I get it for the visual of him just appearing over her. But, like, why animate the whole dragon for that? Quick question. Hey. Did John go back to Dragonstone by himself? Or was Davos with him? I think it was by himself, wasn't he? I think it was by himself, yeah. Um, because if we're talking about, like, you know, the ability to lengthen out, you know, draw out. You know, you, you could have had a lot more time at Dragonstone before the actual execution of Eris. Because it really seemed like he was, number one, trying to get the word out. Mm-hmm. Possibly did, but we never heard anything about that. Yeah, they, there was no... There was no anything. There was no even response. There was just, yeah, no. Nothing Nothing at all came of Aegon Targaryen. Right. Like, other than to other than being one other... Uh, that was one of the major points that, that led to him needing to kill Danny. Is no matter what, he's always going as Aegon. He's always going to be a threat, and she's eventually going to kill him and his family. It was so, it was part of the wedge, right? It was yeah. You, you yeah. needed you needed to have it, but yeah, it feels a little anticlimactic. It does. It, it was when when nothing absolutely was mentioned or came from it, and if because like when you get to Dragonstone, there's the whole stuff with Varys writing the you know writing the notes, and then you have the the whole poison thing that's like like not completely overt, but there. Mm-hmm. It, like if you if you pay attention, and then you have the discussions. You know, uh, Varys talks to John, and and John talks to Daenerys. That's and that's then they, then you have the uh, the execution of Varys, but like Davos being there would have been a neat. We never really got to see, to see or hear John and Davos talk about any of this, mm-hmm. whether it's you know. Obviously, Davos is going to follow John, but Davos has Davos has a word, and John will listen to that word. So, like, have him like because I, I know John probably didn't want to like burden Davos with even knowing that the actual truth. But yeah, but 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 it's going to come out now, especially after Sansa told Tyrion, Tyrion told Varys, Varys told. A few people, I guess. I don't know. Who knows how many people? <laughs> right, need. but like I, I would, I, especially like I, I would have loved to have that scene there where it, it where it doesn't really re- come come to resolute or anything. You know, there is no sort of like, you know, it, it just another scene where it, it, between Davos and John, and then of course I would love there to, to have been a scene after the fall of King's Landing, where you know after they walk through and they and they witness you know the unsullied murdering the prisoners of war or executing them. I should say, I mean, I was, I, w- I would say more execute than yeah. just flat out murder. I mean, this is still yeah. war, but, uh, and then John having in opposition to that and there, and there being a little bit of a conflict between gray worm and him. And then of course they kind of walk away and they do it anyway, but I would love to have just have to have that conversation because, uh, one of the, one of my favorite characters, uh, who isn't a main character of the show, but the watch on screen and within these conversations was Davos. Andy the extra. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was Davos. Davos. I, I, I loved seeing him interact with everybody. Yeah. Because he, uh, his character, he, he's the commoner. He's, uh-huh. he's the uh-huh. dude. Uh, he's not highborn. He's not in a big family. He has no big house. He was the pirate smuggler, uh, but humble man. And he's here right in the middle of all this. And then he's just a guy, and he's going to have a certain view on things. I, mm-hmm. I'd lo- I would have loved to have heard John and Davos have that conversation about what just happened. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I had something I was going to say. And I don't know what... Oh, how many how many people at the Dragon Pit meeting knew who Aegon, who Jon Snow was? There was like four... I feel like it had to... It had was, to come out. Like There was like four... Well, okay, so you got... You got Bran the Broken, uh, Sansa, Arya, Tyrion. All of them know, yet none of them even, none of them say a word about it to get him out of the trouble he's in. I don't think it would have necessarily gotten him out of trouble, but it would have been it would have been something that people were like, ah, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Still not cool that you killed the queen, yeah. but <laughs> that w- the more I think about. That uh, the dragon pit meeting, it it's a mess. Mm-hmm. It don't make it don't make no fucking sense. There's no, no. way that there's no way that uh, Asha Yara, whatever the fuck her name is on the show, I don't know why they changed it. Like she wanted independence for the Iron Islands. Why'd she give up on that? Yeah, especially after Sansa was like, "Well, we want to be independent." Friends like, sure. Why the fuck did they not speak up and be like, "Uh, <laughs> well, we do too." Okay, yeah. Give us independence too. You didn't hear damn. We, we never even heard the name of the Dornish prince. No. Whoever the fuck that was. Random Martell. <laughs> and all and uh, so much of these troubles came because of the Lannisters. <laughs> you fucking let a Lannister get in charge again, like <laughs> okay. Yeah. And imagine being like someone hanging out in High Garden or you know just somewhere else, and it's like, like so did. Did you hear about the the cripple boy that's the king now? Like, wait a minute. Well, what about the dragon queen? Like, oh no, uh, uh, that the bastard of Ned Stark killed her because he was a Targaryen, and he did it after she totally burned the whole fucking city down. Like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> what is how? What the fuck is going on? Like, dude, no one knows really. It's a, <laughs> it's a big fucking mess over here. And that's just some random guy in uh, High Garden. Just, just some guy in a, in a you know tavern somewhere. Yeah, chatting it up. Like you'll never guess what I saw. Just walking uh, have, by. By the way, have you heard who's now Lord of High Garden? Some dude, Braun of the Blackwater. But what about all these houses that, that have been here for hundreds of years? What about what about them? And uh, no, no, no. It's gonna be the fucking sellsword. <laughs> okay. I definitely uh, that small council. I definitely love how none of them were basically anybody yet they they as the as like the main side characters of the entire series like they all rose to possibly some of the highest seats of power. I hope Dario comes over with an army and just fucking <laughs> murders them all. Did you see that meme where it's like, "Well, I hope my queen, I hope my queen's doing fine with her war over there." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Dario's doing just fine. I I kind of wanted him to like give up marine and come over with the golden company that would have been tight yeah like it, it would have actually brought some like final more finality to his story than i don't want to be with you i can't take you with me because i got i gotta marry somebody over there instead of some american dude like that was in charge of the golden company it's like <laughs> i know that like this show doesn't really take a like it's all fantasy land. There's no like you know you hear a lot of like like Northern Ireland accents, some other kind of British accents. Mm-hmm. And this dude's name was like what like yeah, it was like John Sigmund or Strickland. Strickland, yeah, buddy. That dude is like straight up like 
New England right there. <laughs> oh, the uh, Harry Strickland. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> Harry. Harry. Boom. Yeah. Harry Strickland. I don't think he had a line. He, he, he met with the queen. He actually did That's have a it. line. He actually, that was it. That was the only line. And then he was standing there right in front of the gates like, we're going to tear some shit up. And then they proceeded to not do any of that. I still love that <laughs> the way they had Grey Worm kill him. Like, they had some kind of a rivalry. And it was just like, nope, they never met. It was just a cool kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golden Company went down. And they went down fast. They, they just didn't they, they have served. those elephants. Yeah, they think, didn't have I, the elephants. I, I think they. Uh, I don't think they got any kills. Zero. <laughs> I think they just lost. That was like watching, like playing Dynasty Warriors on easy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hordes of men gone in a single blow. Uh, I just. I seriously wish. Uh, we would have got more out of the Aegon Targaryen thing, because I mean, you you said you root for Jon Snow the entire series, yeah, and it's just and then just to see him. I mean, I get it. It's this this show is not about victories, except for Catelyn fucking Tully, who got everything she wanted, everything. Arya got to go be who she wanted to be. Jon Snow got to go fuck off. <laughs> um, Brand got Brand got to you know do something important. Sansa got to be be the little queen. Uh huh. Why the fuck does Catelyn get what she wants? Fuck her. She ruined so many fucking things. I always forget how much you fucking hate her. I despise her. <laughs> I fucking hate her so much. I think a lot of it has to do with how much she hasn't been in the show for five seasons. <laughs> still hates still, her. Still fucking probably hate hates her. her more than Ramsay Bolton. Yeah, no, I seriously do. <laughs> I really, really do. She was so hateful to John. Yeah. So hateful. There there was that one really cool scene you got where he where she I think I feel like she was talking about it was that season season one where she's talking to Ned about him? Like I don't think it was to Ned. It was just some, she was talking I remember she was like she, where she regretted how she like Yeah. How she treated John. She's like she I couldn't help it because you know, I look at him, and all I see is the woman that... They, they, and uh, she hated the fact that he looked more like a Stark than anyone else. All the all the other kids looked very... Tullies. Like the Tollies. But John looked more like a Stark than anyone. She fucking mm. hated that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can... It's, it's getting hot, like, Just, right here. I can feel emanating, emanating, just aura of hate. If anybody's watching, feel free to throw up some questions. Yeah, ask us questions about how we feel. Uh, Tell us what you think of what we're saying. Whether you Uh, liked it or hate it, dude. Like, we want to talk about it. Because there's, I mean, this, there's no doubt that this last season is divisive. Most that people online hate it. There's not too many people, like, on my feed that I've seen that actually enjoy it. What would you say is your favorite season? Four or five. Or the first one. The first one is so perfect. Yeah. It, follow, it follows the story so well, and you get just so much from every single person. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, 
I, I loved it was just the, the political intrigue of it was, was just so strong in the first season. It was like a murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's set, set cool way to look times. at it. And uh, I don't know. And then four um, is where it really like got kicked over the cliff. Um, it's where Oberyn comes and, and like he's like, you're not going to silence me. Like we're, we're going to talk about this. Um, and then Tyrion kills Tywin and then runs away. And then Varys runs away. We got, and we, Sansa gets away. And we, we, we also got the death of Joffrey after three seasons. Yep. That was, we got, yep. the, we, we got the wildling battle at the wall. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had the final, you know, a uh, bit of John and Egret's story that got wrapped up there. And it, you know, of course, after the fallout of, our, of of that and everything, John ends up Lord Commander. And no, I I would have to say four is probably my favorite overall season. Yeah, it, there's so much that happens, uh, and I mean, and then that's just some Westeros because then we have the, all the other things of Daenerys rising to power overseas and everything, mm-hmm. and it, that that season really kicked things. That's at, when Arya left. Yeah, that's when Arya left. Oh yeah, we could yeah to go to the house of black and white. We had like the Hound versus like Brienne of Tarth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, right right at the very end, we you see Stannis' army that he went and bought finally show up and do something. So like it, you end season four with a man, what is gonna happen next year? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, will will uh, I walk uh, again? No, but you will fly. And then Bran was gone for a whole season. A whole season. Was that five? Yeah. I remember <laughs> Alan Dawson. <laughs> well, he was. We were watching. So he, leading in. So I started watching the series just as season four ended. Mm-hmm. I think there may have been an episode or two left. And so I, I go in. I, I start working on Night Shift again. Uh, I, I'm, I joined Brandon's team. Alan decides to start talking to the Game of Thrones with me. And we're, we're going over Game of Thrones theories up up and down. He's like, I think Bran's going to be the next Dragon Rider because the, the Three-Eyed Raven dude said he can he's going to fly. So the, and there's, there's got, there's going to be, there hasn't been a Dragon Rider in so many hundred years or whatever. And, and he's just going and going and going. And then as season five progresses and there's no sign of Bran, he is getting more and more pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want to know if Dragon, if Bran fucking flies a dragon. <laughs> that whole season went by with nothing. No. He was so frustrated. Yeah. He was doing that, that Dragon Ball Z thing where you just power up. Mm-hmm. That's what Bran was doing all season five. Mm-hmm. He became one with the tree. <laughs> I feel like Bran has such a cool story. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel like they utilize it nearly enough. Like, the whole... So we were introduced to the idea of him being able to jump into the past and fuck with things, with the Hodor thing, and you're like, no, no that was it. Nothing else. Just did that one time. Like, okay. Like, oh, but he can also jump into animals and, and, and you know, wargum and shit. It's like, no, but we're never going to... We're never going to have him do anything cool. Nope. Nope. He'll be in some ravens every now and again. Is he going to get in a dragon? No. Nope. Is he going to jump in the Night King? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Nothing cool like that. Nope. 
So you never you never got to see a cool moment where he did that. That I think they hint at it at mm-hmm. the, the very end. He's like, let me see if I can find him. And it, I think they kind of hint at the fact that Bran's going to go try to do something with the dragon. But I was so excited. I, I think I told you several times like that I wanted him to uh, warg the Night King. That's what I wanted to yeah. happen more than anything. I'm like, fuck, that would have been so much better. So there's that. There's this theory I found, and it, it involves, like, so in season three or four, I think it, it might have been three towards the end when um, Jon Snow, like, he, I feel like it's when he leaves the the wildlings and it abandons them. That's season four. That is season four? Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, one of the last things of season three. Mm-hmm. When was the battle on the, because he, he comes back. That was, that was episode nine. Battle uh, on the Wall was, was season four, for season sure. Season four, episode nine. Well, there's that the one warg that the wildlings have, and he he wargs into, like, a hawk or whatever, his his falcon, mm-hmm. raven, yeah. whatever he had, bird. and But he dies while he's warg, but the, he's still controlling. So, basically, his soul and essence is in that bird. So, basically, if you have the ability to warg, you can basically transfer yourself into that per, into that being and live on through that being. So, I'm uh, listening to the audiobooks, yeah. and I just got to Dance of Dragons, and the prologue is Veramir Sixskins stuck in an animal. And it ends with him trying to jump into a, a woman, like a woman's walking past him. So, he tries to warg into her so he can get back to being a human, and it doesn't work. She fights him too hard. Gotcha. But, so... At the at the very beginning of bu- uh, book four, um, you're introduced to a guy named Pate, who is helping a guy named Arc uh, Archmaster Marwin, who is a fucking wizard. Yes, um, and he does absolutely wild shit, and they absolutely missed by not including him. Um, and then the epilogue, or the very last thing of the book, is Sam getting to Old Town and meeting Pate. So they've got a... Uh, um, a pattern of... At the beginning of the book, they introduce an idea, and at the very, very end, they tie it back up. And it just dawned on me, at the very beginning of book five, is talking about this guy jumping into an animal at death. Like, body's dying, jump into an animal, save yourself. The very last thing of the book is John getting stabbed, and the last thing he says is "ghost." So I think the books are the books are setting up that John wargs into ghost because Veramir Sixkin says he's like, um, well, it's just inner dialogue, but he's saying like, "You a warg knows a warg, you know, you just feel it," mm-hmm. and that's why he hated John because gotcha. he knew it. Because he was with Ghost, and he's like, oh, this fucking guy. So they introduce the idea that John's a warg, and he is talking, and then it ends with him trying to warg out of his dying body. So I'm really excited for them to introduce that idea. That would be really cool. That John didn't just die, that he jumped into Ghost. And that he would probably somehow be able to get back into a human form. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I shared this. I shared this, but I also luckily screenshotted it and can read it uh brandon rivers aka blood raven 
was a Targaryen bastard who was legitimized by his father, King Aegon IV, when the king was on his deathbed. Bloodraven served as Hand of the King for two Targaryen kings. This is a long one. He is wild. Aerys <laughs> the First and Makar the First. Uh, I think, yeah, Makar. He was a green seer, meaning he could see the future and past, and he was into magic and sorcery. He helped the king crush the Blackfire Rebellions and lost an eye in single combat with his brother, Aegor Rivers, a.k.a. Bittersteel. Aegor was captured and sentenced to take the Black, but on the way to the Wall, Blackfire loyalist overtook the ship he was on and sailed him across the Narrow Sea. When the king died, Bloodraven sent for Bittersteel and told him to come state his claim for the throne. He promised him safe passage and safety upon arrival, but when Bittersteel showed up, Bloodraven executed him. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Hey, bro, come back. It's all good now. Gotcha. Uh, the new king, Aegon V, Aemon, Targar- Aemon, Aemon Targaryen's little brother, sentenced Bloodraven to the Wall for killing Aenys Blackfire. Brandon and Aemon went to the Wall together after Aemon passed up his claim to the throne. After six weeks, Bloodraven took over as Lord Commander, and Aemon became the maester. A short time later, he rode north and never returned. It was sorcery that kept him alive all those years, waiting on Bran. Why Bran? Bran was the perfect vessel for him to be able to accomplish his lifelong conquest of taking the throne. Bran had the sight, the name, and the warg abilities. We saw the wildling John killed warg into the hawk right before he died so he could live and keep attacking. Bran is basically the hawk. When Bran first made it to the, to the tree beyond the wall, Bloodraven told him he has a lot to learn. Bran asked what it is he has to learn. Bloodraven says, to be me. Bran also states, when he gets back to Winterfell, I'm not Brandon Stark anymore. When Bran is asked to be king, his response is, why do you think I came all this way? He came way farther than we realized. <laughs> it might not have been the ending you wanted, but the Targaryens did get the throne back. Bran says to Samwell in Winterfell, the time is now for you to tell him. He had Sam, he had Sam tell John who he is because he knew what would happen. Had he not done this, the city wouldn't have burned and John wouldn't have killed her. She most likely would have ruled with John by her side. Bran the Broken's last words, any word of Drogon. The Targaryens love their dragons. Now that Blood Raven has learned how to conquer death, they conveniently change the rules so the new kings won't be offspring, but someone chosen by the lords and ladies. All, all I can say is long may he reign, as in forever. Yeah, absolutely. The only issue is, is that, that that's like, not up front for most viewers. No, no. If you know the story, if you know a lot of the lore, okay, yeah, that's an awesome way, way to tie it all in. Yes. But like for somebody who's never who's never going to read the books, never going to dive into theory, dive into everything, they're just watching the show because it's a badass show. They're never going to get any of that. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, that definitely makes makes Bran being on the throne a little better for me. Mm-hmm. But at the same and at the same time it's kind of like this devious like the bad guy wins, but you didn't know the bad the bad guy was a bad guy <laughs> or that he was even relevant at all. But you knew <laughs> that you knew that Bran was uh fucking giving up his consciousness and his soul to become one with the trees. Mm-hmm. And so when he's so he's not just blood raven, but he's, you know, the collective knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's cool. It's cool knowing that a guy like this is on the throne, someone who doesn't seek power, but he just knows things. He he knows how to rule because he he sees the history and all of the events that have happened and why they happen and what and their outcomes. And so it's like 
And all, all they would need to do to have made that uh, part of the show was have somebody do a quick aside at some point in the whole show explaining who Blood Raven is. Mm-hmm. You, that's all you need to do. It's say, like, yeah, there's this one crazy-ass fucking dude, and he went out beyond the wall, and they say he's a three-eyed raven now. And then it's just, and then it's easy to piece that all together. But holy crap! It, holy crap! There's he just met the three-eyed raven. That's that one dude that we heard about. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! What? Holy shit! Sam Tarley going over all the books he stole from the Citadel and comes across that, much like he came across the 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 wedding the, uh, or the annulment. Well, actually, that was uh, that was actually uh, um, his girl. Oh, Gilly! Yeah, Gilly! Yeah, yeah, that was Gilly. Because, but I mean, same same was, concept. Though. Which I, like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no, no. Like it was a way because they used that as a way to divulge the to insert that information into a noble character. Because Sam is not even thinking about anything like that. Because I, I don't care about mm-hmm. any of that. I have more important things to do. Listen to you talking about weddings and all men's shits and stairs. I don't care, you know. And then of course it's like he he's not a he's not a snow. He's a sand. He's the son of Rhaegar Targaryen. He's like. Shit! What you won't believe what I just heard. <laughs> like I was trying to do something really important, and my yappy ass girlfriend wouldn't shut up. She's just into this all this marriage drama stuff, you know, all this stuff that you see in the in the Inquirer and like Us Weekly and everything. <laughs> and she's telling me about like Rhaegar Westerosi Inquirer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's like. He's a Targaryen. They got married. Legit. Did he now? (laughs) (laughs) We must tell him the truth. Meanwhile, the very next scene's like, well, bang, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Great, great writing there. (sighs) You're finding out that they're related right as they're banging. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was like the weirdest part for me. I was like, so you're finding this out as they're banging. And I'm sitting like, ah, dude. (laughs) Meanwhile, Tyrion's just like cucking over in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Do you really think you had a What do you Do you think he loved her? Like in that regard? Not. Somebody asked me that and I can't remember who, but. I don't think he loved her straight up in a, I want to like. Not in a drawer away. No, not they, yeah, not in a Jorah way. I think he – now, this is going to sound hokey as shit. I think he loved the idea of her. Oh, okay. absolutely. I think he loved that, and I think that he saw, you know, just as so many other characters did, who and what she could be capable of mm-hmm. as a ruler and as, and as someone who cares. The only thing is is that you've got to kind of tie the way that fire and blood. That, that fire burns in her. It does. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it, it – just like they've said, it's like it's all, it was always the bad guys that that faced that fire, and that's the way that it probably would have stayed had not things gone the way they went. Yeah. Uh, now, did you guys watch the uh, the like the documentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what'd you guys think of that? I dug it. I liked it. I really did. Even though I kind of wish they would have uh, followed more of like the big stars. I liked that they followed like the, yeah. like the nobodies behind the scenes mm-hmm. to show how much Del the work. Snow guy. Yeah. How much, Snow. how much work and love went in to the whole thing. It, and, and, it, and Del just nothing but complaining. Yeah. <laughs> but like there because there's a scene, they actually show the scene and they and they shot it, you know, and of her crying over Jorah's 
you know, over his dying corpse or whatever. He's dying, and she's like, like in in hysterics. Of course, we don't hear any of that because of the score and the final mix. So she's wailing mm-hmm. and, and crying, and it was like, it, right before that battle, she got told, "The man I love is the rightful heir to the throne." Then she lost the man that loved her. Wouldn't do would do would do anything for her, and it's like came back, came back, showed uh, it, he he was her rock, mm-hmm. really was, and you know it it's I can it, it's impossible to say because it, because we never got this doesn't happen, but it's like would any of that have went down the way it did if Jorah hadn't died, and I don't think so, because because Jorah is a good man, mm-hmm. he is, if in. And the show approved it time and time again. If there's one person that she will listen to when it's time to make a decision and do something, she'll take Jorah's counsel into very good consideration. But she lost Jorah. Mm-hmm. She lost, in a sense, yeah. in a sense, she lost John. Or that's how she felt. Oh, yeah. And then there's that threat. Oh, something, I, something I've been working for and what I've wanted my whole life. He doesn't want it, but now it's, it's going to be a big mess. Got everything. Okay, okay, we need to get back. We need to get back now and finish this and and, and, and settle all the bullshit and the drama later. As long as we can take her seriously now, get her out, we can, you know, I'm going to take the throne. He doesn't want it. It's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. She she tried getting John. She, she was like, we can do this. We can do it with love or with fear. And John's like, can't do it. And she's like, she... You were it, man. You were it. I just lost Jorah, and now I don't have you either. Like, all right, there's only one way to do this. Well, and like, because while while the pacing is a bit fast, you know, for what the series had set and established for six seasons, they did put every single stamp that you needed to see for her downfall, for it to be, you know, the fall of of this person. Yeah, despite pacing, they did get all the points. All of it was needed. in. All of it was in, and, and and they did do that. And so, like, like it would have helped to have a little bit more, but it's there. Mm-hmm. So, like, when she does make that decision in, in episode five, when every when, when during that stop in the battle and everything's done, and she's just like, "Fuck this bitch and fuck this city," <laughs> you know, fuck every single motherfucker in this city. You know, and, and, it, and it's very difficult. This is something. Oh, this was another thing that I don't remember who said it. I don't know if I read it somewhere, read it on Reddit or read it somewhere on the internets. But it's like a lot of people really backlashed against her with that moment. It's like that is totally against her character. No, it's not or, or, at all. Yeah, right. But then also with Jamie, like they like, like they totally wasted all that character. And and I really like this because. When we look at characters in anything, in any sort of medium, in a game, movie, television, like et cetera, we are perceiving them for how we perceive ourselves. And we are placing our own morality system into these people. Even though they're, they're giving it to us and we're accepting it, we are then placing that back onto them with, with the expectation of how we think they should be. Mm-hmm. And so when a person doesn't like that, or a person backlashes against that. That's because of something they wouldn't do. Not so much something that that character wouldn't do. Yeah. 
and it, and it was something that I like when I read that it was a hearkening back to like like some uh, some of the other kind of big heel turns or or uh, or or dark turns that characters have faced. It's like it's not the fact that the that the uh, that the writing on the walls weren't there. It's that people are like I can't believe they did that. Well, you wouldn't do that. And it's like that part, the part of them that did that disgusts you. And That's what made it so, you know, so impactful. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that look and look at Breaking Bad and how they developed Walt. Yeah. And, and over the seasons, he just kind of did more and more shady and underhanded shit but, and justified it every step of the Ex- way. Exactly. Like, dog, come on. <laughs> But like it was a slow descent. It was a you know over the five seasons. It was it just kept stacking and stacking, masterfully done. But at the same time, you still root for. I don't think. But it was, yeah. yeah. It it was never anything that we didn't see coming, because we knew what he was getting into. We knew that from episode one, him getting the him getting into this was a downward spiral. Yeah, and we were waiting to see the mess. You know, we were waiting, and we were like still awed and like shaking our fists at like the dastardly things that he would do to keep this whole thing together. But, but it was framed differently. Whereas when you have a character such as Daenerys, that's the hero, one of the hero characters that we're introduced to from the first episode coming in and build and build and build upon seasons and seasons. And you get to that moment where it's like the point of no return. You want her to do what you think is the right thing so bad. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, you're like, well, I guess we kind of saw it coming. I just wanted her to be good. Right. And, like, you want her. You want you – because, again, you're cheering for her. You're rooting for her. Just like the end of season six when they're sailing across the damn sea with the dragons flying overhead. You're like, yes. Yep. Here we go. Yep. She's taking it back. Granted, the time would, is now. Yeah. Like, would you have reacted the same way had you have not known? And <laughs> – while we were uh, dialoguing, we actually have some comments. Yeah, we got Austin Hill says, I had the same thoughts on Jorah Mormont. He could have stopped her massacre. He also says, pet the pussy, Nick. He also says, hi, Jason. Jason pops in and says, hi. And then there's a wave emoji. <laughs> there's a lot of important shit going on in that chat right now. Clearly. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys have any, uh, again, like Brandon said, if you guys have any questions uh, about wh- how we felt about specific things throughout the entire series, feel free to ask. Um, I feel like we, we are still lingering quite a bit on this final season. <laughs> well, because it, we're, we're, we're trying to – it wrapped it up. So it did. We're, we're just kind of – Let me ask this. What, what was you guys' uh, favorite hound moments of the series? Hound. <laughs> I actually, while I was at the bar last night, I was – I was uh, in preparation for this show. I was lo- I was trying to get uh, a counter on how many times he says "cunt" throughout oh. the entire series. <laughs> uh, nobody's done it yet. However, wow. there is a there is a compilation video. I'm not gonna play it because I don't want like copyright shit mm-hmm. going. But um, yeah. I've watched a couple mashups of, of best hound moments. Oh, th- and... there's so many good ones. I like. I really liked at the uh, uh, Battle of the Blackwater. I really like where he just breaks down. Yeah, and he's he is one of the biggest, toughest motherfuckers in the world, and he he never gets over the fire ever until he 
I, I guess he gets over it at the very end. Um, or, or at least accepts it, yeah. It, yeah, but every time. It, it happens multiple times where, where something's blowing up, and he's just like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And, and at the, the fight at against the, Barrack. Fight against Barrack, uh, Battle of Blackwater, Battle of Winterfell. Um, yeah, I, re- I, I really like, obviously, like, the battle with the uh, mountain was super, super epic. But I like the I like the transformative moments where where he you know he's finally like you know what fuck this shit I'm getting the fuck out of here and that's literally what he says a fuck couple this times ca- fuck, fuck the- this <laughs> fuck the king my favorite moment is when he's with that group with uh, with the Septon yeah and um, like. Uh, the the guys from the Brotherhood Without Banners came and killed them and ravaged and pillaged and all that kind of stuff. And then he hears it and he runs. He, you know, he finds the Septon hanging and he just kind of – he walks back to where he was chopping. He grabs and he just grabs that axe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then cuts a black. Cut the black. I loved it because it's oh, like – Oh, yeah. Because you're like, shit, oh, the yeah. hound is back. Exactly. Because that was the first episode you see him. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, he's he's and he was gone for a season or so. Yeah. I think it was – uh, all, this I, was like episode six or seven of, of five. Of, no, uh, no, it was season six. Because it was, six. was it? We, yeah, when I rewatched uh, before the last season, I started at six and just watched. Six yeah, you're right. I remember. This first we episode, had, though, wasn't it? We already had this yeah. argument. Huh? <laughs> this first episode of six, wasn't it? It was a no, no. It was a little bit into it because it because the episode opens with it where you're like, oh crap, yeah. it's the hound. Yeah. Right. Okay. And he's just chopping wood and he's kind of pacified. He's like. I'm done with this crap. I'm whatever. I'm, I'm I'm just a dude. He's he's still got that like I'm the hound attitude. Like yeah, like, no, that's you're his, all cunts. That's his <laughs> attitude. But like he's sort of like he's not out there swinging the axe anymore or, or like swinging the sword. And until they all get killed, and he's like, you done fuck with the wrong dude. <laughs> you got you got killers out here, and you got people being killed. So I guess I'm I'm good at killing. And so. then the next episode immediately picks up with those uh. The Brotherhood Without Banners. And he just, walks right up. They're, and at, you see him. They're just sitting there having a chat, you know, the, like. campfire, right? They're, like, they're, I, were they talking about all the people they just They killed? were, but then there was one dude that stuck his finger at one of their butts or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was or just like, a, it was just like, a, you know, a fucking campfire, you know? They're just chilling, the having a good old time. And then here's Hound in the fucking background. Stomping. Just, you see him coming, and you're just like. Jason Voorhees, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and th- this was my favorite moment. Like, that, that everything from that episode, like, including going into Beric Tondarian and executing mm. the rest of them and <laughs> fuck you. That's the, that's the last words you're going to say. <laughs> you suck at dying. You suck at dying. <laughs> that's probably my favorite <laughs> hound quote. You suck at dying. <laughs> but, uh, another one was like after that, when they went back to the cabin that he visited with Arya and he robbed them. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was the single dad and then the daughter. And then of course they died and then he buries them. It really shows or he he tries to, but he can't because the ground is frozen. He is. He's out there, but then doesn't. Uh, oh crap! I can't remember his name. The other dude, not Barrick, but the other guy. Oh Thoros. shit, Thoros. Thoros. Yeah, yeah Thoros. He he comes out and he, and he starts helping him. You know, he, he kind of. There's no explanation needed. He kind of like gets there's something here, and he feels compelled. So I'm gonna help him. And then there's there's the hound trying to like say a prayer. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I forget. I forget the rest. Fuck this shit. <laughs> but but I loved it because it shows how much even his character has grown and changed over the course of the period of time 
to where it's like he feels guilt over this. He feels somewhat responsible. Mm-hmm. And so in some way he wants to try and make it right. Well, that and like the way his character is when you see him do these more heartfelt moments, it's it's so much more dramatic and uh, and more heartwarming because it's such a foil to who he is. Mm-hmm. So And that's one reason why I also loved like all the moments after the reuniting with Arya. Mm-hmm. They he interacted with her differently than what he did when she yeah, was younger. Yeah, because he sees her as an equal, I believe. Like an adult. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's lived this like long. You're, you you learned a lot from me, and mm-hmm. I can I can tell you've also learned a lot on your own, and now you're you're, you're your own. I don't and, need to protect you now. Well, but then what's the first thing he does when she's being, like, yeah. pounced upon in Winterfell, grabs her, says, we need to go. Mm-hmm. And he, it's almost like he goes right back to when she was just like a few years ago when she was he was he's, he's like because he's des- despite all that she is still kind of a kid. Well, and that's what I also to an like. Extent. She is totally a kid. She's like she's always so fearless. Yo, absolutely. But she's not. She's t- fucking because she's like nine when it starts. Yeah. So she's still incredibly young. Yeah. I mean, she's done a lot of growing up. But then you know, inside Winterfell, it's like the fear sets in. You know, she's out of her element. She's, uh, you know, the fear sets in. It's, it's almost like she's that little girl again for a mm-hmm. second. And and it's almost in a way in King's Landing too, when everything's like blowing up around her. But she's like, ah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I need to get out of here. Like you, like you see the fear in her eyes, but then like it doesn't it doesn't freeze her for too long. She's like, let's go. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotta keep moving. And 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 I like that too. But again, and then the last scene with Arya. Where, where I, did, I did really like that scene with, with the hound. It's where he tells her, go. You don't. Yes. You, if you continue, you're going to die. You don't need to be like me. Because I am about to rush into a castle that's being torn apart to kill my brother. You do not want to be like me. You, you <laughs> need to get out while you still can. And it's not what I like about that is that in a way, it's not just a get out of the building or get out of the castle. It's like you can get out of this life. Yeah. You don't have to live. You you went and trained. You did all this thing to become an assassin to get revenge, and that's awesome. You got a semblance of revenge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know already. You, you by murdering the fuck out of some phrase. Exactly. You're not stuck on this path. She eliminated a whole fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. The phrase were were so perfectly awful. Like the Lannisters were like had several moments of being fucking evil, but the phrase were just. Shitheads. Yeah, <laughs> that is how, that's the yeah. best way to describe the phrase. Yes, shitheads, complete shitheads. Because like Walter Frey, such a, a the great, biggest shithead. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He's, he's just like bitter ass old man, super bitter. Totally like you guys never throw me a bone. Fuck you. <laughs> the whole time. Your favorite character, Catelyn's all like, "I'll kill your <laughs> wife," and it's like, "I'll get another. I'll marry another." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just. Ugh. total shit in the uh in the books it's one of his sons not his wife mm-hmm. and it's he's uh he's slow they call him lackwit <laughs> he said <laughs> that's what he says she's, she's like i'll kill him and he's like he's a little slower than the rest anyway like jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> you fucking dickhead <laughs> oh fuck and of course like the actor that they got to play him perfect oh yeah oh yeah I mean, perfect I mean, I don't know. I don't know his rep- representation in the book, but like, I feel he made that character. <laughs> he made that character fucking 
shine as much as a fucking turd can shine. <laughs> that was such an awesome scene. Oh, Where yeah. she murked the fuck out of them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, was, I just... We got we we had like two straight seasons of just straight payoff. Well, what I loved about that is that like she was already there when, after the, after the whole blackfish incident, right? Mm-hmm. Like because Jamie and Braun, they're having a, a feast, you know, at the twins with Walter Frey, and Arya's walking around as that as that servant yep. girl, and she locks eyes with Jamie, and Jamie's like looking at her like. Wait a minute. Well, it's it's like you're I and me kind of weird here. Yeah. Never thought of that. And then it, he goes back to talking to Braun, and then uh, Jamie talks to uh, talks to Walter Frey a little bit, and then at the very uh, very end of the season, there's that same servant girl killing the fuck out of Walter Frey, and it is just like that was the girl. She was it, oh my god, she was there. I never made that connection. So you just oh, said she, that. She, Baked the fucking dudes in the pie <laughs> and then fed it to him. Jeez. And then the and then the, of course season season seven opens with another Frey feast. Yeah, with Walter Frey alive. And for a second, you're like, wait a minute, is this a flashback? No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, he's like, uh, what's old man Frey doing? Throwing a feast, two feasts in a fortnight. He's <laughs> just like, oh my god. And then, it, and then, like, here, here. <laughs> Doing the whole eye yeah. movement. And then, and then the girl's like, none for you. No wasting wine on some girl. <laughs> like, for, for, I, I, there has to be, like, a great deal of acting going into being a faceless person. Faceless man, woman. Mm-hmm. Faceless weird, person. Found, so, that sounded really weird to say, man, woman. <laughs> a faceless man, woman. Ah. Because I mean, you, you know you whatever have, they identify, you as. have to become that person. But at the same time, it's like, how, do, is there like some sort of magic ability to being faceless that you just literally become the person, or is there a level of like you have to like pretend to be that person? See, they never really go into it. They yeah. just show the face. Um, it makes you wonder if there's some sort of level of deception or magic that goes kind of along with it for. Going because of uh, well, there is that scene where he she just starts pulling faces and it's like, yeah, voop, voop, voop. but yeah, so there's that. But then, uh, if you remember, I can't remember her name, but the other uh, the waif, yeah, yeah, the waif, yeah, the waif. That's that's all name we get is the waif. But she was that old lady, mm-hmm. right? And when she stabbed Arya, hey, that little girl, you that know? was wild. And it's like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Fall off a bridge. <laughs> I forgot about the uh, the beginning of Invincible Aria. That scene, <laughs> that scene was wild. Yeah, like you got stabbed in the. It was in the stomach, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and then she makes it to that one actress's place, and she kind of like uh, sutures her up and gets her on the way of kind of healing. And then, like, she's still healing up when she gets murdered by Wave, by the, by the Wave, the wife, the wife. Um. Also, like, and I liked in that documentary where they brought back both her and Jockin and Jockin for mm-hmm. like the final episode, just to throw people off. The, as well as pits, yeah. as well as the uh, the the dude that played the Night King. Yeah, yeah, he was there too. So I remember you showed me at the pub. Uh, you showed me that video of uh, uh, him, like just what's his name, uh, Vladimir. Yeah, uh, Furtick. Yeah, it, yeah, super Russian. Um, he's just going nuts, going ham, 
uh, with dual swords, like just whooping some ass behind the scenes. And it's just like, oh, he's still coming. He's still coming. Why would why would he show us this? Well, maybe because he's the main stunt coordinator and does that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Was he in costume at all when he did that? Or, no. No. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. And here's my theory: uh, is that he was doing that because of the scene in uh, in season seven. Yep. With Ned versus Arthur yeah. Dane. Arthur, yeah, with Dane. I just watched that the other day. That's so such good. a badass scene. So good. That has one of my favorite lines of the whole series. He says, and now it begins. And Ned's like, no, now it ends. Yep. I love that actor, what, what, too. What did, what did he say before that, Arthur Dane? He said something like, you're going to need all the luck or something. We didn't, we didn't see you on the Trident. Our king wanted us here. Uh, you're... Yeah, usurper would be in the ground if we were there. And then uh, he said, "Where is my sister?" And that's when that's when it's like, "Bud, we're about to fight, man." And it was what three on five or two on five? Oh fuck, it was like two. But two Arthur Dane uses two fucking swords. Yeah, mm-hmm. he just he just plowed through everybody. Yeah, in, huh. in the books too, he's supposed to be like one of the greatest. Warriors ever. Mm-hmm. That was so fucking awesome. I would totally watch a Robert's Rebellion. Oh, yeah. Uh, all of us. But they don't, don't want to do it for some reason. I'm like, come on. It'd be so good. I mean, they already have the actors. For a lot of the... Yeah. I mean, know. we got we got young Ned. We got Arthur Dane. I really like young Ned. We got we got Rhaegar, who looks a lot like the guy who played Viseria, Viserys. Yeah. But I mean, they're not brothers. The same. Oh, they are brothers? Mm-hmm. Well... Yeah. Yeah, I get. I, <laughs> Not I get the that. actors. I, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, really?" Because they look. You would identical. expect them to look somewhat alike. They look. They look identical, but they're not the same person. But it's funny because, like, mm. in my own head canon, what for, for for some whatever reason, I just see like these these older, I strong. Every time I hear the word head cannon, head cannon, because I just immediately, <laughs> I get the image of a head cannon. <laughs> I just see like a guy like Rhaegar is like big motherfucking. Like mm-hmm. badass dude. Even though, even though we, we we know he was like an artistic guy, uh, a very eloquent guy, or you know, very nice guy, but like he's also known as a pretty badass warrior. But and I just see him like bigger than life, like much like I see Robert as like just almost like not quite the mountain, but a mountain of a man. Yeah, you know, like big dude, big ass hammer with these antler like helmet on, out there swinging that hammer around, killing people. Just like laughing the whole time, <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah, that's what, just, that's how I picture Robert fighting too. Yeah. Just laughing just the whole time, relishing it all. Yep. Imagine Gimli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just fucking screaming out, yelling. And and so then like and then of course when you see him like in episode one, then he's far from that. He's mm-hmm. he is partied and drunk and and you know for sixteen years. And what does that do to a guy? Well, I mean. I mean, we saw we saw it makes it game. easier for pigs to attack you. No, yeah, there, there you go. But so then, like seeing like Rhaegar at the wedding thing, and he's more like 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 Viserys is like more like Viserys, like you know, thin, lean, thin. You know, like he has the same kind of white stringy hair, and you're just like, I kind of wish they would have not made him look like exactly like him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't. It's it, it's not. It not. It, it's that that is very tiny, minute like bug for me but it's just like every time i see it i'm just like man did you just say tiner minute i did <laughs> tiner thank you <laughs> but <laughs> dick 
What's this supposed to mean? <laughs> well, anyway, did you guys notice that Brand no longer has the wolf sigil? Yeah. I don't know if it's the Raven. Mm-hmm. It is the Raven, and it is on. Oh, uh, like on the, on the shields and the well, armor. Yeah, and uh, it's on Brienne's uh, Kingsguard armor. Yep. It's the actual yeah. Raven. The actual sigil is different for Brand the Broken. And there's actually, I, when, when I typed in Brand Sigil, because I was hoping to find like a better picture of it, one of the things that came out was like, Brand and the Night King have the same sigil around their neck. And there's a picture of that. I've never Ooh. noticed that before. Whoa. What the hell? Whoa. Interesting. I'm very excited about the, the prequel, about more about the White Walkers and shit, because... Mm-hmm. That was such an interesting, like, I know, like. We want to call it the long night. Don't call it the long night. <laughs> um, <laughs> that scene where where he's just standing there looking at him, it's like. Like they're, like they've, like they've known each other. Yes. You know? Like there was something else there. Which, I mean, if it, if that whole Brandon Rivers thing. Right. Which but, but at I, the same time, that doesn't discuss that doesn't explain the thousands of years where the Night King's been a thing. Uh, that's not so in the um, so, source material. The Night King is only briefly mentioned, and it is someone from just a couple hundred years ago. I okay, think. Uh, the Walkers and like those have been around for a very long time. But a knight king or someone like leading them or something like that isn't, you know, isn't ancient. Yeah. Wait, and, and I remember. Okay, so I remember in the Game of Thrones wiki. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> no, this is a long ass time ago. That I read this. I, I read about the Night King. It was like when I finally realized who, that the Night King was a thing. Uh, I, I wanted to read up on it. So, like, it said he used to be like the. He he was a, a crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was part of the Night's Watch. Wasn't he a Lord Commander? Mm-hmm. And he went beyond the wall and just never came back. Or he was banished beyond the wall, wasn't he? Something along those lines. He he brought back a wife or something, kind of like took over the watch, and then was taken, and then they overthrew him somehow. Yeah. Something, okay. something wild like that. I really need to read this. World of Ice and Fire book. <laughs> like, There's so much. I, I, yeah, there is so much. I actually picked it up and started trying to read it from like the start, and I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> oh, so man. what? It's overwhelming. So what? Uh, what? Because there's like supposedly three different shows in development. Yeah. What? Uh, what? Three pilots were shot. Yeah. Right. And one is going to series this year. Like they're starting to film it. That's what George said. Oh, uh, they're going to start film. Yeah, they're going to start, gonna start filming. filming one of them this year. And then the other two are still technically in the scripting process, trying mm-hmm. to trying to finalize that. What parts of of, uh, of the overall uh, lore, anytime, do you want to see from this? What parts do you want to see expand? Aegon's conquest. Aegon's conquest. Yeah. Um. The whole uh, trail of the Targaryens, like like the downfall of Valyria, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be super interesting because they were just kind of like Targaryens were like nomadic almost, 
just trying to find a place. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be fucking awesome. Uh, the Blackfire Rebellion would be fucking awesome. Um, which is when uh, one of the Targaryen kings, before he died, legitimized all his bastards. So then they're all just fucking fighting. Like <laughs> It's like, all right, well. Mm-hmm. Now we all have claims. Um, the Dance yeah. of the Dragons is what that leads up to, and that would be... I think it's 13 dragons in all. Seven on one side, six on the other. That would be wild. Wow. But that would just be insanely expensive. Right. Yeah. So the Dance of Dragons would be sweet. I would love to see the build-up. And I've always wanted to see this, and we got to see the little bit, and then, and then of course, the revelations of in the main series, but the entirety of, like, the fall of the Mad King and Robert's Rebellion. Mm-hmm. I want to see that entire thing, because I think it would be such an awesome thing for it to start up. Have it start slow, you know, because you're establishing the world again, these characters, these relations and all that stuff. You get to see the joust at Hall, you know. And you, could, and you can tie it in with... Um, like almost like a origin of Tywin because mm, yes because the relationship between Tywin and Ares is awesome yes yeah, and you can do a lot of just other background world building other than the main plot right? yeah absolutely you yeah know, along with that and and then of course you have the entire series built up on a certain notion and then the last part of it you realize it was just a lie just a fucking lie. You know, and then of course, like even though there would still be the fifteen years in between, it would almost kind of like, almost kind of like how the prequels, the uh, Star Wars prequels, Star Wars prequels, uh, ended, where it was like, okay, you're setting it up in motion for them, like twenty years from now, all these characters are in a spot, and this is where they're going to be when the story picks up later, mm-hmm. you know, where the next big chapters are going to be written, and I just think that would be awesome to see all of that because in you know, just as you said with the Tywin character, you get to see all the politics just like before. And, uh, you know, it, it, it would still just be as, like as enthralling because, you know, well, like one of my favorite characters in the series was Tywin. Yeah. You know, he and, and th- th- you could you watch. could see the reigns of Castamere. You could mm-hmm. see him. There's another family. I think the Tarbex like Tywin wiped out families like that was something he did. <laughs> um <laughs> And and uh, his dad was like uh, like a pushover, like he wasn't a lion. So and so Tywin was sick and tired of everyone always uh, looking down on him. So Tywin just became hard as fuck. And he's such an interesting character. And that all leads into like like you could start there and end at the rebellion because mm-hmm. you know. Well, because then like and, and what I would like about that is like. Even though we had a similar thing with the actual Game of Thrones series, where it has a you know it it definitely has a beginning and it has a definitive end, you know that's a that's an end that we already know. Unlike with the books not being released, yeah, done with the main story now that we know how this ends. And George said, and I'm so fucking happy that that this story is done. You aren't gonna see. Are you out in the West? You're not yeah. going to see John beyond the wall. It's done. We're, we're no, there is no after. We can we can do fucking ten more shows of before, but there is no after. We are not going to 
We're not going to explore what happened after the events of this story. And, well, and that's where it gets so difficult because then it just – everyone has their own fan fiction with what should be. And that mm-hmm. means you never please people. Whereas like – you know, and you can almost say the same thing could be argued with like uh, you know, hearkening back to Star Wars. It was so much easier to tell the prequel story because you knew how it ended. Yep. And, and when you go into add after the the such precious original trilogy that everybody loved when they were eight – and now you're going to be adding a story to that. You're you're now like you're messing with fire because you because you're going to please some. You don't need seven, eight, and nine. As far as far as I've seen so far, like you could you totally could have ended it with, yeah, Anakin fucking died and his son, you know, went Anakin. on to be the only Jedi. It's like what we where are we going, guys? <laughs> <laughs> what what is what is the point of these of because I like them I love Force yeah. Awakens and I like the Last Jedi but wh- why why is this necessary to the Skywalker story like I guess since we we've, we've seen that you know Luke Luke kind of fell from grace um and I guess I guess they're kind of hinting at the idea that it's the downfall of the Jedi um but we're we're talking about fucking Star Wars now so well, <laughs> well like but to, but to tie that back into uh, to my original plan or thought. With what you said about George, we're not doing anything more because, you know, after they did the original Star Wars trilogy, they did the books, and George is like, "Have at it," because mm-hmm. I don't plan on doing that. And they they went hog wild. They were and he so, loved it, yeah. And 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 they had to get like like seals of approval, like yeah. which is so cool to me. Like George is like George Lucas, like yeah, <laughs> great Admiral Thrawn. Fuck, yep, that's right. Damn, that guy's badass, Rev. Yeah, that's good. Bane, fuck yeah, guys. Do whatever you want. I'm not writing any of this shit. Yeah. But I'll give you my George Lucas thumbs up for you we'll to keep doing that, it. We'll put that Star Wars logo on it. I'll get my cut. You get your cut. Yep. We'll get out of here. <laughs> and, and fucking Timothy Zahn might be better at writing stories than George Lucas because <laughs> those Thrawn books were fucking awesome. Yeah. But, but I, read, I read the Bane ones, too. Those were pretty good. Oh, my God. But, okay, so but no, now all those, old, so all those books have been rendered obsolete because then somebody else got the rights and wanted to make more movies. And this is why I'm very glad that George – has put it in. He goes, yep. he goes, I can sit here all day and think of what's in my head, but it's going to be different from what you and what mm-hmm. all of us think what should be for these characters or what should be in the next 500 years. It's like, no, have fun. Go do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, there's, there's already thousands of years of before that you could fill out to make the world even bigger. That's an interesting concept, doing a huge jump. I might be, a, I might be okay with that. 500 years later. Like, hundreds of years later. Like, none of these characters are alive. Except, of course, you know, Bran, because he's going to be an immortal fucking mm-hmm. god dragon. But it's all, like, um, legend. It's all hearsay. It's like the, yeah. the Song of Ice and Fire. It's, it's these stories that were passed. That, like, you know. <laughs> all seven out. kingdoms are totally separate. The tectonic plates shifted and busted everything apart. I'm just stupid now. The Doom of Westeros. <laughs> it wouldn't be cool the because then they would just be walking around living their lives. And it's like, whatever happened to Sansa? And someone's like, buddy. The North went the shit, and, and and then you're just like on a, like a you're hanging on by you're hanging on by a thread. Going, well, it happened, and then they don't say. It'd be funny to like to then hear people like telling stories and stuff about that stuff and just getting it absolutely wrong. But you, but we would know like, exactly that didn't fucking happen. At getting all. it wrong or or somebody like like not believing it. It's yeah, like, it's like so like my great 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 ancestor was in King's Landing. When it was burnt to the fucking ground by a dragon, by that white-haired woman. 
it, it's been passed out of my family for generations. He was there and he lived. Ain't no fucking dragons. You fucking idiot. Burn it down. No, that didn't happen. No. That doesn't make any sense. Why would she do that? <laughs> Speaking of not making sense, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but I got us. I got to bring it up. They made the, the the joke like when Sam had the the Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. and they said Tyrion's not in it. I, like it's supposed to be funny. I'm like, that's really stupid. This is this is what happens after Robert died. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Everything that happened after Robert died, the War of the Five Kings, blah 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 blah. So what did what did Tyrion do? Um, Tyrion started it. By uh, Catelyn kidnapping him, first of all. Yeah. That started it. Uh, Tyrion was the hand of the king. Tyrion killed Tywin Lannister. And like, oh, actually, we determined that you that, uh, you didn't need to be. You weren't part of the story. Like, that is that is one of the laziest fucking things that they did in this entire fucking series. <laughs> like, like they, cause they th- and it was supposed to be a comedic thing. Like, oh, no, man, actually, you're. Not even mentioned. Like, unless it was supposed to be a joke, and it's like, no, bud, you're totally in it. But, well, but in a way, I, I can see why a maester living far away in Old Town writing the story, you know, it's his own personal take on history. It's like, it's, it's like he's telling historical facts, but then, you know, the history, like, history is told by the writers, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily by those that lived it, it's by those that witnessed or, or you know, bore that that bore witness he, that put their own. Spin he was on the it. hand of the Dragon King. No, no, no. Uh, I know. I why D and D? Why? So, have you seen the petition to keep them away from Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking care. I I think that they're perfectly fine. I I yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. It's so troublesome because George told him and everyone. Every year that there's more coming, you know, like when's the winter? It's right. It's coming next year. It's coming next year. It's coming next year. So they legitimately D and D legitimately thought that they were going to have more material to work with, and it didn't fucking happen. So, so like so, and, and George for whatever reason decided to he wanted to do a five year jump in between one of the books. And then decided not to for some reason. So there's a whole whole book of just running in place, like Danny being stuck in Marine, uh, Arya being stuck at the uh, House of Black and White, um, and you, you, they did that. What was it? Season is five or six, where everyone six. is running in place. Yeah, because they're just like, "Are you gonna fucking help us or what?" And it just never happened. So not like. You could almost say that, like, they didn't get, they didn't rush the writing because, oh, they wanted to go do Star Wars. They rushed the writing because they needed to get a season out and there was no source material like they thought they were going to have. And they didn't want to stray too far. Yeah. I I, I just wish that they would have done what they wanted. Like, you are past the source material. Just do you. Just do, just do whatever the fuck you want. We're, we're already, we've already, come to terms with the fact that it's not going to be just like the books. Just mm-hmm. do what you want. And they and the thing that made the thing that made the first couple seasons so good, what makes Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire so good is the ability to subvert expectations and D&D just couldn't bring themselves to do it the way George does. I kind of feel like when they got so far, you know, like when they when they, like when they caught up to George, 
and it and as you said, it just never came. Like, like quite literally, what uh, book five came out the same year that season one started. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of crazy that we've gone this entire period without book six, and there's supposed to be seven. Okay, theoretically, you would think that you know probably in their head, like, all right, by the time we get to the end, he might be right there with us, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it didn't happen. So that so now they're stuck in a point where like. We have to just try and finish the story that we're telling, you know, keep it with the outline that he has given us. And that's almost what season seven and eight feel like mm-hmm. the outline and end game plot points. Like mm-hmm. we got to have this happen and this happen and this happen and this happen. And they couldn't think of cool ways to make you not expect what was coming because you saw everything coming. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't really think it's fair to say. From what from what some of the critics have saying that they ruined it or they did anything like that because you almost had the same batch of writers for the entire series, mm-hmm. you know whether they're uh, transcribing, translating the original story into this, moving it, and of course they were because that's what this is. This is a book series, you know. For for those people that are saying, well, those guys are like they are just completely talentless because all they did was transcribe the books. Well, you didn't think that when it was awesome. No, you weren't complaining <laughs> one single bit we all really 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 liked it when they were transcribing the books Mm -hmm. and even when it wasn't completely faithful it was still absolutely good for because when they were leaving you know omitting stuff and leaving things out and and, you know choosing and picking the storylines and characters you can kind of see all right so this is what they're going with they're they're taking because they can only tell so much within an hour story yeah, per, you know, per week. All right, so we're on this trajectory. Even if you're a fan of the series, you can see where they're going with it. Uh, even if, like, as you said, they omitted a lot of great stuff. Oh, and you you would have you would have to do 15 or 20 seasons and that's to just, get all of it. And that's just not possible. It's, it's not. Yeah. In the books, the, the Blackfires are coming back too. So they had the, the Blackfire Rebellion a couple hundred years ago. There's another... Blackfire out there who's coming back to there's a Blackfire coming in and there's a dude who says that he's the baby Aegon yep. that was supposed to be killed. Yep. There's he's got a fucking army with John Connington, who's the hand of Ares who got exiled. Mm-hmm. And the last book ends with John Connington and Aegon Targaryen landing and, st- and they took over uh They're part of the gold company, aren't they? I don't know if they're with the gold I thought company. The, I thought they led the gold company. I don't know. There are there's three or four different Cell sword groups. And I don't, I don't yeah. fucking remember them, but ah, look, uh, Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, uh, there's just so many crazy storylines that I would absolutely love, but you can't, you cannot ask people to spend fifteen, twenty years of their life on one thing mm-hmm. like Marvel did. But <laughs> well, you know, and you know, like there was that whole story about Kit Harrington checking into rehab. I'm so sad. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's so sad. Well, and you know, I, I've seen a lot of things where they're like, "Oh, it was so bad, it drove him to drinking." And it's like, I don't necessarily think that's no. what it was. I just think that no, he he, he, he was quoted being out of it, right? Well, he was quoted that the worst part of the entire series for him was his death in season five. Yeah, because then the entire cliffhanger of the series was on him. He was he loved being a part of the series. He loved being a part of the cast. He was a part of the family. Now he's the focal point. And now it's like yeah. the stress of Jon Snow's the main character. And he's like, <laughs> oh, right. 
dude, that is a lot of stress just to put on me. And, and like, he is now like he's Luke Skywalker level good yeah. guy. Yeah. He is one yeah. of the all time great good guys. Exactly. Ever. But I, I can't think, wait to see what he does next. The, I've been saying that to Brandon. I want like the last. I want him to do a Star Wars. Few weeks. Oh, that would be so fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. Revan, oh, that Revan, would be sick. Revan, Revan, Revan. Ooh, him as Revan, Revan. would be. Kid Harrington as a bad. Uh, I guess Revan well, not necessarily a but bad he, guy. He he he's a he's a bad guy that doesn't remember that he was a bad guy. Yeah, because he's like I'm a good guy now. You weren't. Someone else. Someone else said uh, somebody would make a good Revan, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody said Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't come up with it. I saw it on the internet. I can I see like, it too, yes. though. I could definitely oh, see yeah. it. No, but I, I feel like when when everything was came to an end, I mean, this he's been doing this, you know, for ten years. His entire acting career has been this, plus a few other things here and there, and it was just like a. Now what? Like you're left with, yeah. Like, he did gunpowder too, like, which was good. You're I, left I never with finished. Just it. wanting more. You're want in, and you like you almost feel like, uh, like a sense of devoid, emptiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's over. It really is over. And then I can only imagine what it must be like for him to be going through that and to be hearing everything that everyone's saying yeah. about this last thing that you poured your heart and soul into. Well, he he went off on critics. Oh, yeah. Well, right. But he I said mean, if you're going to spend if you're going to spend a half an hour writing uh an article totally shitting on it, then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Right. You tell him. <laughs> not not paraphrasing. They can yeah. go fuck themselves. I'm yeah. like, I just feel so bad for him just like you. It's like man, poor guy. Cuz they cuz it was his manager or his wife like said that like when they finally read the scripts for the final season and stuff. Like it, it took a huge toll on him. Yeah, and you see, you see it in the the little documentary yes. where he reads it, and he's just like, "Damn I, it, you're gonna make me do what?" I loved it because he because they mentioned in the documentary that Kit hasn't read it yet. Right, that, that table read was the first time of him reading because yep. you could kind of see like when they when they read the whole thing with R.A. Kill and the Night King, he's like. What? Awesome! Awesome! Cool! Yeah! All right! And then that, they... that is not how I wanted you to subvert my expectations, you fucking assholes! God damn it! <laughs> and then he's oh, like, "I didn't think Arya was gonna do it." Wrong! That's that, that's not good. <laughs> Everybody expected John, and we kind of forgot oh. about that <laughs> when they were doing the when they were doing the table read. You heard you heard them say she vaulted off of a pile of bodies, and you never see. Yeah, yeah, that's how she got. They me. explained it right there. She jumped off of a fucking pile of bodies that Theon had sniped with his bow. Like, oh, well, and the thing is, is that in, in, in some weird way, even though we got the version that we got that was shot, and like people said the writing sucked. It's like actually, like watching that table read, watching the dude narrate it all, it was actually almost more badass than actually like watching it. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would totally, I would totally listen, watch the whole fucking show just them reading the script because it's <laughs> my favorite part of that whole thing was exactly the way that everybody reacted to it. It was uh, Jon Snow going face-to-face with the Night King. Is this going to be the big epic fight you've been waiting for? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Instead, the Night King raises his hands. The dead start to rise. Jon Snow, he he knows what's coming. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's exactly the way that we all felt. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is it. No. (laughs) He walks away. (laughs) And Jon never got a badass fight. Did he? No. He no. didn't fight Ramsey. He just charged him and whooped his ass. 
Well, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a really badass moment, though, that entire But moment. I'm saying you never got to see John just fucking square off with someone. Other than that white up north at her home. That was very badass. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. very badass. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you mean in this final season of the most epic show ever, the main protagonist doesn't get a cool sword fight? I actually would have liked it a lot if they actually would have fought outside of Winterfell. So sword by sword, sword by sword. They're going at it. John's struggling. He gets knocked back. You know, he's getting himself back up, and Night King's done with him. Like, no, I'm not wasting any more time. He puts his sword up, and John's like, what the fuck? And then he does the hand thing. And then he's like, no! And then he just walks away. It's but like, John and the Night King fighting, and then Arya jumping out of nowhere would have been pretty fucking cool, too. I don't know. I just want I want you to have a I sword want, fight. I John. wanted him and Grey Worm. Because they, they built up so much tension between the two. Oh, yeah. So yeah. much tension between those two. And I was like, oh, yeah, here it's going to happen. They're going to fucking, they're going to duke it out. I don't know how. They're going to, they're going to. That is something that I that I do uh, have some have some th- uh, some some like nitpicks with with the final episode because it just it cuts right right from like Drogon melting the throne, taking off with Mama. It's like there's John being like, "Well, I killed the queen. Now what?" And then it's like, "Oh, two weeks later, he's been captured. He looks scraggly. They haven't killed him. He's a prisoner of war." I I can in no way puzzle that out in my head. It doesn't really make sense that Grey Worm would just take him. I there's I don't think I can be convinced that Grey Worm wouldn't have, wouldn't have killed him on the spot. I don't know if I could be convinced otherwise. I mean the the, the only way that I could actually see it happening is if it would have been a mirror of the Ned and uh and Jamie fight from season 1 where they're fighting each other and they're and John that's holding his own and Grey Worm's really just Rah, coming at him, and then one of, one of the other Sully just stabs John in the leg, <laughs> right? And then he goes down, and then uh, in the moment, like where you, like like Grey Worm actually has that moment of like I'm gonna kill you, fucker, and it's like take him, and then it's like wait, what? You know, you, there was your chance to kill him, but it was like one of those moments where you're in human history when you're looking at weird things, weird decisions that people make where they have every every emotion running through them to do that in that moment, and then, then they don't. You're left kind of wondering why. And eh, then, yeah. You know, so then it would have been like, no, he's mine, damn it. I'm going to make that bastard pay. And I guess you could look at it as, I mean, there's still a, you know, there's still an army out there that's not Dothraki and Unsullied. And mm-hmm. if we kill Jon Snow right now, it's all going to pop right back off. Right. And, yeah, I and, 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 and like the way that I would like try to you know, rationalize it is that like in the very heat of the moment, the very last second, Grey Worm thought better of it, and then like, just so blind rage that it's like he wanted to. Every fiber in his being was like, "I'm going to kill you right here now, right now, just like you did to to her." But if I do that, then that doesn't make anything better. Mm-hmm. And like so, like I want you dead, and I'm going to get it, damn it. But well, he and doesn't. then he just fucking gets folded over and <laughs> what do you want out of this uh i want john snow dead no <clears throat> <laughs> uh, also you and all you guys need to get the fuck out of here <clears throat> all right let's get out uh, i guess i guess we're gonna get out of here now what
you're not you're not going you're you're going to you're going to let these people take this guy up to the place where he wanted to be in the first place. Well, and and the, like my favorite part of that is Davos is like, why don't you take uh yeah why don't you take take uh, the reach take the reach take the reach you take t- take your men start families start a house <laughs> start a- hmm. Hmm. right and, and Grey Worm's like. You're really going to make a dick joke right now? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <sighs> Half-handed bastard. <laughs> I guess he still has the thumb. So he, he meant well. <laughs> he absolutely meant well, but it was like, go start with family. Did, did, did anyone have a look? I don't remember. Like, like he said, like, did anybody go like... <laughs> like <laughs> Why wasn't Helen Reed at that meeting? Huh? Helen Reed? Uh, at, at the meeting that, where they were. Supposedly. We had to have room for two or three totally unnamed people. I know. Well, and like we had seen young Helen Reed, and he's still alive because then uh, uh, Mira. Mira went back. Right? Yeah. And he's still alive. <laughs> I just. You know that movie? Is it Howl's Moving Castle? I don't know. I think there's a movie called that. There is. And Howland Reed, his castle moves around. You can't find the castle. So Howl has a movie a castle. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's yeah. in a the swamp. They, they're they swamp people. <laughs> it's very, now that I say it, it's very fucking weird. But yeah, in the books, they claim that the, the castle, it moves around and no one knows how to find it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Howland Reed is swamp thing. He is. <laughs> Frog eater. <laughs> oh. Behind every king is a woman who pulled him on a sled that's never seen again. <laughs> yup. God damn it. And she didn't come back either. No. no. But her her leave was really like, fuck you, Bran. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we, we got it. What are we going to do with her? Just get rid of her. All right. Ride her out. I'm leaving now. Like, what do we have Bran say? Okay. <laughs> He doesn't. Care. I guess that I guess that that was a good piece of character development for Bran. Mm-hmm. Seeing, uh, he really he really isn't the same person, right? Because he liked Mira, right? Like he he had a like a, a, a romantic interest in Mira, like he, really? he he really liked her, and then he's like, go. He truly isn't Brandon Stark yeah, anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I think we needed to. That was that was a good way to show us that. Yeah, he's not the same guy that he was anymore. <laughs> hmm. hmm. What else? In the books, Dario has a uh, a blue beard. Blue beard, yeah. yeah. I really wish that they'd done that. Instead, we just got a really gross, pretty boy, and then then the fucking bearded hipster dude. <laughs> <laughs> the bearded hipster dude. Who was that? Dario. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You remember the first guy because they switched actors. Yeah, Ed Scrain. Yeah. He he went on to play Ajax in uh, Deadpool. Really? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't. I, didn't I never realized that. that until I went through and watched Game of Thrones again, and I was like, wait, that because I I remember when season five started up, it was a different actor. I'm like, what the fuck? Who the fuck's this guy? And then they. Said his name like, wait. 
right, so we need to make sure we say Dario at least ten times this episode, yeah. so everyone's well aware. Also, that they were banging. The, they were the banging Dario. then. They're banging now, so people can make that connection. I don't think she banged the first Dario. Because mm, no. the first the Dario was one. only in one or two episodes before yeah. they switched. Yeah, because it was the, it was the end of the season. It, it, he they took um, they took Marine. Oh, Dario! I never really liked him anyway. Yeah, fuck him. Hmm. What else? Uh, well, Barrison getting off like he did that sucked. Mm. That was a badass scene though. Yeah, it was. Fucking Barristan the Bold. Yeah. I mean, I mean that character's still alive in the books, I think. And yeah. shit is it sounds bleak. Like they're they're being besieged and they're throwing like diseased corpses on trebuchets. It's fucking nasty. It's wild. It sounds crazy. I'm reading it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? Sounds like a This is all in Marine or yeah. where? Yeah, in Marine. Okay. So Danny's gone. She did her disappearing act. Okay. So Barrison's pretty much Barrison's in charge. Is Tyrion over there? Oh, there was a badass scene. Tyrion is in one of the sellsword camps outside the city. Oh. Um Barristan has this badass moment where he like calls out uh his dar, the one who just gets stupid killed on the show. Yeah. And and his dar's got like it's like <laughs> You finally meet the final boss, and it's like, you must defeat my minions first. And you see this, it's just a badass scene of Barristan whooping dude after dude. He beats, like, three people. One of them's got a sword. One of them's got a whip. And Barristan's just fucking stomping them. Like, they're <laughs> fighting a little bit, but the way it's described, you're like, oh, my God. Like, he's in a castle, and he's just running through this old badass night, whooping everyone's ass. And then he gets to his door, and he's like, oh, please don't kill me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So then he takes he takes his dark captive. Oh my goodness, I miss Barrison. I'm so excited to finally be on Dance of Dragons because mm. they switch because with the the fourth and fifth book they split the characters. Mm. So I'm excited for because this this okay. one's got uh, the Marine perspective again. Uh, John, Tyrion. I forget who else is. Which what, is that the final book that we got? Mm-hmm. Okay, before Winds of Winter. Yep. Yet to be seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish I wish I, I wish some people had like a drone cam, like a live feed on fucking <laughs> George R. R. Martin, just to see what's he doing instead of writing Winds he, of Winter today. He's in his backyard in New Mexico, not wearing any shirt, but still wearing the suspenders. And the hat. <laughs> and the hat. <laughs> He's out there at the grill making hot dogs and hamburgers. Because <laughs> it was just Memorial Day weekend. He's like, yeah. He's out there like doodling on. Like, in between flips, he gets in his giant hamster ball and just rolls around in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> that That's probably one of my favorite pictures of all time. Yep. Here we have George R.R. R. Martin doing literally everything but <laughs> writing the new book. <laughs> I think in in the in the blog post that he put up right after the finale, he said he's got like four thousand pages of manuscript. Jesus Christ! You wow, know, you can make like a fourth of that the book. I ima- I imagine a lot. Uh, 
I, I think the way he worded it is that some of it will go into Dream for Spring. Yeah. So he's so he's right. He's like he's right in the end game. Like, like he's like he's he's tying up all the loose ends. And we also have to remember that the writing style that he's chosen for these books is a little bit different than just a general narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is a little bit different to drive the story forward just from the perspective of a certain character per chapter. Mm-hmm. Completely different. So when you're trying to put all this together, that's got to be a, a, a different level of author mindfuck. I love that. So the the people that helped him write the uh, the history book, mm-hmm. I, he has said before, he's like, they know it better than I do. <laughs> and, and and he straight up said, like, like because he does wild shit where he'll mention uh, a girl with brown hair and blue eyes at an inn in the Reach. And then 3,500 pages later, books later, uh, that detail's brought up and it matters. Um, so, so he he has he said that there's times where he's like he's like he's like oh Alio or whatever the fuck their name is like I I was just thinking about uh, doing this with that one character can I do that and like uh, no nope George page three hundred forty five of book four you said this oh thanks yeah because he'll try to include them and then they're dead and he and, and, he, and he forgot yeah like, and then he forgot that he killed very them. professional R and D department. Yeah, well, you know they're on top of their shit. And if you, I mean, if you go to YouTube and you if you want to look up theory videos, there are there are people who have read this front to back meticulously ten fifteen times, and like know all the wild crazy details. And you're like, it, it's one of those things where, uh, especially with a book like this, like first read through gets you really intrigued. Second read through, you're paying attention to other details because mm-hmm. you're well aware of the story. And the more you do it, the more you realize just how fucking wild of a story he's writing. Because um, yeah, there's a lot of food talk and a crazy amount of food talk, but um, just the details are just mind blowing. <laughs> like they uh so. Um, in the books, Bran goes to the Isle of Faces, and her and Pod, and they 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 talk a lot about the Hound, and they talk about the Grave Digger, but you don't see the Grave Digger; you just see that he's a big dude. And um, before the show, there was crazy speculation that the Grave Digger was the Hound, and then the show picked up on it and and actually used it. So, but but it's one of those things where in the books they have not told you that yet. You're just given that little bit of like like um, that someone mentioned that uh, yeah the hound was uh, fucking reeving a couple uh, cities over tearing shit apart, um, and then it, and then it's something it's an aside of Pod going uh, uh, noticing the big guy off in the corner, the huge guy off in the corner, and then they start talking about the hound. So they don't they're not they they don't insinuate they don't tell you. Like, well, is that the hound over there? That kind of looks like the hound. But they're absolutely hinting at shit like that. And he does that so often. It's such it's such a uh, satisfying experience yeah. delving into all the wild shit that he's got going on. And I'm okay with him spending forever because if he does it right, then it's going to be well, fucking phenomenal. What was the span between books? Like one and two, two and three. I'll look it up. Uh, it, it just gets longer. In, in-house R and D, right there. Yeah, it, it, it gets about. a little bit longer. It's only a couple years between one and two. Yeah. And... 
just takes a little bit I'm, longer. I'm, I'm currently still reading. So I had to reread, uh, and I, I haven't even finished the chapter, but I had to basically reread a whole chapter of uh, Fire and Blood because my marker got taken out mm-hmm. in the month between readings. <laughs> that's how that's that's how I read books nowadays is I have to read a chapter at whenever I'm feeling froggy, you know, <laughs> and let it digest for weeks. And it's not even that I, I just don't have time or I if the time I do have, it's like I could read or I could go do this other thing. I'm, it's I'm like the George R. R. Martin of reading. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Got it. First one, Game of Thrones came out in 96. Second one, Clash of Kings, 98. OK, two years. And Storm of Swords, 2000. Now, I want to preface by saying that all three of those books were supposed to be one book. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was writing, uh, the you know, because it was originally supposed to be like a, a trilogy, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, and then it was supposed to be Dance of Dragons, or uh, or uh, not even Dance, I'm sorry, and Winds of Winter and Dream of Spring. That was it. However, he was well into Clash of Kings when he realized, I need to break this up. Right. <laughs> so when Game of Thrones, he, he found a spot to end it and then carry on the story for the next. He, he was already 500 pages into Clash of Kings before he even split it. He's like, wait a minute. And Clash of Kings is the yeah, second so, book. Yeah. So the first book uh, originally Game of Thrones was 1500 pages. And he's like, I'm not done yet. That's why I guarantee you that's why those first three books are like two years apart because a lot of all pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, so f- then after Storm of Swords, that was 2000. Feast of Crows was 2005. So five years he wrote that one. And then Dance of Dragons was 2011. That was six years uh, in, in between that. And now we have eight. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, like, we've been getting World of Ice and Fire. We, yeah, we haven't, been fire. Devoid of, we haven't been devoid of any sort of content. Uh, it's I mean, just not got, the actual story. You got Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you got all kinds of like side material. That's <gasps> that would be a good spinoff. The Dunkin' oh, yeah. Egg. Yeah. Oh, man, because Blood Raven is around during that. Yeah. Ooh. That would be fucking awesome. Because you could just make that a two-season thing mm-hmm. and get through all those cool stories. It's cool tourneys. It's cool killing people. An egg is Eamon, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm I actually pretty I, sure. I picked it up at uh I picked it up I picked it up at Barnes and Noble the other day and or, read the inscription. Or he's one of the he's one of the brothers of Aim or something. He's he's closely he is a Targaryen and yeah. he's closely related. Yeah. Tales of Dunk the Egg. Those are good quick reads. Okay. The uh, the uh, they follow the adventures of Dunk, the future Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, Sir Duncan the Tall, and Egg, the future King Aegon, fifth uh-huh. of his name Targaryen. One of Aemon's brothers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some ninety years before the events. Yeah, no, like, and that's the really cool thing about like a lot of these uh, side shows or prequels or anything. They don't necessarily have to sit there and be a ten-year venture. Nope. You know, nope. if sure you're going to have all these different ones going, you can have different lengths. You know, two seasons, three seasons, four seasons. That's end of it, and then there's so much more to go off of. You're going to have a cycle. It's almost like how 
how crazy they're going with The Walking Dead. It's like you had the main series, and then they had a second series. Now they're having a third series. Now they're having Rick Grimes movies. And it's like now they want to do, like they said, oh, AMC says The Walking Dead franchise on television is is like still in its infancy. And I'm just like, Jesus. No one asked for this. <laughs> I'm like, bro, look. Stop. I was on board for a while, man. Yeah, and you've done some creative things that have left me behind, and uh, I still haven't gone through to watch the last season. But it's like, man, I don't know. I think it's a bit much for me. But to that point, they uh, for Game of Thrones, the main story's done. They could do a similar thing where you have basically, you know, with it all depends on with their schedules of filming and, sh- and shooting and all that stuff. You never really have to go a year without a Game of Thrones something, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the next season of whatever it can be this year. It's this season next year. It's that one. And to have different titles for each one. And then it's like, they can take their time with it and do their thing. And, you know, just like, uh, what's that? Uh, Sherlock, you know how Sherlock does their show over there in BBC. Mm-hmm. Do they do like, uh, like three or four episodes and that's it for the entire season. But it's like almost like a, like a feature like movie for every episode. Hmm. And so they get um, Benedict Cumberbatch, big movie star now, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, he hasn't done a they they haven't done a, a a series or a season of of Sherlock in a while. But he would bounce back and forth because they would come in, tell their story, and then it would be like two or three years before they would come back to it. Because that's cool. Because then it's like when you do get it, it's like wow, this big big story that you're getting interwoven like uh like you know it's like a movie every single week and then then you're done for a couple of years is it Sherlock Holmes yeah yeah mm-hmm. i have no you have idea never heard of why i'm why i'm unaware of this cuz that sounds fucking awesome and it's just a, a completely different way to to do a series cuz it's it? almost like a mini series every two or three years isn't it like a modern day sherlock holmes yes too? yes oh. yes and and he, I have not sat there and watched it. I've seen it because my wife has watched it, right? And I've seen parts of it. And, like, Sherlock as a character is always very quirky. Yeah. Right? And so him him interacting with Watson and everything, it's like, I like it. Because Benedict Cumberbatch batches, he's a great actor. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he pulls a lot of different things into it and, and watching it. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I want to start watching that. And I'll, I'll say that and I'll watch, I won't watch it for another five years. Mm-hmm. But... Just that kind of thing where you're like, you have all these different stories, two or three different things that they want to do. You don't have to be hyper-focused where you're like, now we're on to the next season, now we're on to the next season. It's like if if you can get some really big actors to come in and you know dedicate themselves, give them some time off in between to go do their own stuff and yeah. their movies and, and then you know try to like just take your time to write the next season, the next big part of the story. And like – Yeah, that's it. Because you're not it's interesting be... that the TV doesn't take that approach as much as like because like movies like I think of uh, yeah. uh, James Bond yeah throw out a movie wait a couple years like there's no schedule right it's not not every two years every three years it's whenever the fuck we decide we want to do another one mm-hmm. like maybe people wouldn't get burnt out doing these long ass shows if yeah you mm-hmm. just gave it a little more time yeah and you know and as I said with the Game of Thrones you're you're not you're always gonna have another. A story around the bend so mm-hmm. it's like at that point the fans are juggling three or four different game of thrones series but they're not like how walking dead it's like walking dead's over stay tuned next week for fear of the walking dead it's like well that's right. man you're just kind of like that's like a football season that never ends it's like <laughs> right it's like you yeah. know at, at some point you're just like i'm just do we get a break yeah <laughs> 
You're not giving me time to digest it. Right. But I would love that where they just kind of take their time. It's not yearly. And, you know, it's like, man, it, it, you know, it took them six years to tell three seasons. But, damn, are those some three fucking awesome three right. seasons. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, we had nearly two years to digest season seven. <laughs> and look what – I mean, as much as I, I like – the story of season eight. Look what we got. But the train never, the game, the Game of Thrones train never ended. No, they never stopped working. They were, no, they, they didn't. were always at it. Well, they decided to up the scope, up the ante, make it bigger, make it better. Right? Like, you're never gonna see like, will we ever see a battle on TV? The size and scope of what we saw for episode three. That was yeah. something that has never been done 55 before. Fifty-five nights. Mm-hmm. Of right. Like Nights. that's one thing that that documentary is really cool because you get to see how stressful it was and how long they just weren't sitting around not doing anything for like a year before they started working on it. They they were hard at work trying mm-hmm. to get. They took them seven months to build the part of King's Landing that they destroyed. Right. You know, seven months just to build that, and then they shot like a couple of scenes in it, and then they destroyed it. <laughs> that was awesome. Yep. <laughs> I could just imagine being the dude that like. Spent all that time and it's spent all that, did all that stuff, working, making all that stuff look real. All right, now they're done filming. Already? Uh, can we get some pictures first? Because right. I'm actually pretty proud of this. <laughs> can we have a big party? Well, you could be like Del the Snow Guy, just putting some <laughs> snow a little bit. <laughs> I'm doing something oh, yeah, wrong. Check, check I need out, to get a job. Check like out this, perfo- this is for the portfolio. What do you do? I was, like, the, I, I was the guy that placed the snow on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I won an Emmy. Yeah, I won, won an, an Emmy for placing <laughs> snow. <laughs> the dragon face, like, well, there's not going to be a lot of snow here, so they only brought me in. He's just, he's just the guy in the background while everybody's doing like all the really like big stuff, and he's just like shuffling snow with like a little, yeah. like a little uh, garden shovel. <laughs> just, yep, right here. Oh, this one's for the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely love the documentary. Um, I w- the only the only thing I wish the documentary would have shown because so they showed um, Daenerys and the Jorah's uh, death scene. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have showed uh, Daenerys's death scene. Yeah, and the, the the actual filming of that, seeing like what Kent Harrington went through. Right, emotion. that would have been cool. That would have been really cool. I want to see that. It's very so interesting bad. how like they do all these big scenes, the death scenes, and yet that's not the last thing that they film. Right, because like they still had to come back, and they she still had to film stuff on. The yeah, track. his last like, uh, uh, Kit's last scene was the Grey Worm, the Grey Worm scene with the Lannisters, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, her last scene was like, her, they she, she did some stuff on like a close set for the dragons, and then I think one of the last things they shot, no, at least that's what it uh, makes it seem like in the, the documentary, is her and Kit looking over where she, you know, you know where she's like the dead are already here. And she walks off to go storm off on the dragon. That's the last thing she shot for the whole thing. That's crazy hmm. to think that, you know. And then, well, and then I remember reading this is the back in season four of the actress, you know, who played Egret. Her her last scene that she shot was the death scene mm-hmm. with you know with Kit, and she was so happy that was it because there was so much emotion put into that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. she would have felt really weird having to film that scene. And then come back like you know in like a week or something to film. Yeah, that some has extra to stuff. be so weird. And to not film things sequentially. Well, and then uh, like like when you do reshoots and you're trying to fill you know place spots, 
um, uh, re- really quick offshoot when they were doing the end game stuff. The original ending did not include an I am Iron Man snap. It was just a snap. And then some guy goes, you know what? They, he, he should say, I'm an edible one. And he, like, it'd be a great line. He said, and I'm Iron Man. And they're like, dude, yes, get him <laughs> back in here. And then they had to talk to, uh, Robert into it. Because he's like, he had to get himself emotionally back in that same state of mind. Right. Right then and there. And they had to sell it on him. They're like, this is going to be the best line you're ever going to say in any movie of any time. And then, of course, they did it. And, like, they, you know, they were right. It's it, like it's an, it, like it's an amazing moment. But just think about that as, like, as the actor. Like, you're done, man. You've washed your hands. Like, all right, this is going to be great. I can't wait. You know, uh, I've written off the character. I had this tenure right. It's awesome. Hey, Rob, we need you to come back and uh, refilm the death scene. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't fucking think so. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I could just imagine how the kind of toll and, and, and as we said like uh, all, all the actors there was the scenes with uh, uh, her last day on set uh, for uh, for Amelia getting the, the makeup and the hair done mm-hmm. and she was just like so weird mm-hmm. that's so weird to think of it being done like she's very emotional about it you know and, and, I, and, I, and they all were you know like even at the table read they were all emotional yeah you know so I just got a text from Miranda saying like who I also was, she was supposed to be on this show. <laughs> I had a mic ready, all armed and everything. Never came down. And I, I get a text. I totally just passed the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. We had a, we had a really good conversation. It's, it's funny. She, she was like really pissed that she was gonna, she couldn't be on this show because she had to work. Well, she called in last night so she could have been on it. <laughs> Damn it. Really? I know. <laughs> well, you know what? I completely like understand her sentiments just passing out because yeah. that's kind of what I would have done today if I wouldn't have come here to do this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> all right. I think we're we're here we're hitting the two hour mark. Yeah, man. Um I, I don't know if there's really that much more to to really hammer home. I mean, we already said like what was your favorite season? Did My you, favorite season? You, you, like, I, I think I, I think it's it's pretty unanimous season four four uh i love season four for everything i mean you had those amazing uh moments with Tyrion where he's like just throwing out all of his emotion like to the queen to uh on his trial oh Um, that's one of my favorite scenes oh yeah when Tyrion's like you fucking people you have no idea what i did to save this city and y'all just just you've always hated me you had that. You had the. You had all the, um, Oberyn stuff. You had that was. You know what? <sighs> okay, like, you know, and I and I and now I've said this before, and I, and I'll just summarize it. I, I was I was spoiled on a few things coming into this. Ned's death, I knew it was going to happen, and I knew about the red wedding, and I yeah. knew when it was. I didn't know what it yeah, was same. or how bad, right? So like, because it was all the hype, right? Right. I actually also knew about John's death because the article that I read right when the show was getting ready to start. It's like, yeah, the most recent. Book killed one of their t- you know titular characters, you know, like Jon Snow. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. So I don't care. Right. But then you're watching it, and you're like, I think I remember he dies too at some point, <laughs> you know. And I didn't know what or why, why or how. It was just the moment where you know, in five, like, oh shit. All right. But anyway, one moment that me and my wife both went was the Oberyn heads like watermelon. <laughs> oh yeah. And we were like, and then that that look of Tyrion, like, 
Fuck. Yeah, we were all like, fuck. And that was that was it. <laughs> fuck. Uh, <laughs> but okay. That's such a good scene. He had him. He was he beat him. What? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I, I I you know I started around the same time. I think we, we discussed we all started around the same time. because uh, it was in October two twenty fourteen, I think. Yep. When I well, when I started I started it. Uh, so I actually in my Facebook memories it popped up. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have seasons one or two, one or two of Game of Thrones on Blu-ray? And Rob, he he popped in, yeah. said I got it. Or no, I think it was Gretchen who said me and Rob have it. Oh. Uh, two weeks later, I started watching it. Okay, yeah, because like it was around that time, like, we, and we just powered right through those seasons, you know. And like we had a couple moments. Oh yeah, yeah, you know the Red Wedding. That's what that was. You know, my, yeah. my wife was more than me, but I singly remember that moment of the yeah, Oh, I know. I was like, like I, I remember watching that, and, and as, soon as, it was, as, as soon as it was over and they played, I watched the next episode immediately. I was like, how, how are they going to continue this series? Like, they just killed off half of their main characters. Like, what, what is next? Like, they, and then there's the only next. villains left. Is it, is, <laughs> there's only villains. Is this, like, the, the, the first scene of the next season is him melting down ice? Yeah. Tywin melting down ice? Just the worst. Like, Tywin, God. But they didn't have a Valyrian sword. Mm-hmm. The Lannisters never had a Valyrian yeah. sword. So he melted down the and sword of his enemy. there's enough fucking two. Valyrian steel there that it fucking, to make some swords. Right. Did they make armor out of it too, or just, mm, just no? They made a uh, uh, they made uh, Oathkeeper. Is, is it, uh, it eventually became Oathkeeper? Uh, yeah. It became Oathkeeper. They made that, and then a Widow's Will. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we said our favorite. Which one? Which season is your least favorite? Mm. That's a harder question. It is a harder question. I'm I'm split between two, two or three or five. But going back through it, I like five more than I did yeah. when I first watched it. But going back through, I like seasons two and three a lot less. Probably the last one. The last one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Minus five. And exactly for the same reason that you mentioned earlier. The waiting, the spinning, the tires, mm-hmm. you know. Four ended so wild. Yeah. Like, All these characters, what's going to happen? And the next season, you're like, so what mm-hmm. are y'all doing? He's kind of just spent <laughs> the whole season doing this until you get to, like, Hard Home, you know. Hard Home was wild. You know, and that was crazy. That was awesome. And then, of course, like, they end it with the big cliffhanger. So, like, it didn't – it wasn't for naught, but, like, for most of the season, like, it was, yeah, you were so hyped up, and I was, like, just – kind of like i felt like the characters i was just waiting for more waiting we didn't we didn't know that they that they could bring the whites back to life either mm-hmm. no. yeah hard home was the what the fuck did he just do come at me crew I was, all, <laughs> <laughs> that's good all i could think of was like fuck that's a lot more of <laughs> <laughs> what now why do the bad guys keep getting worse <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I love that that moment where John is just floating away on that boat, and they're just staring each other down the whole time. Yeah. Only to, and then literally the next episode, John gets stabbed, fucking stabbed to death. At two, Ollie, like <laughs> um, that was also the season where they brought in uh, the Red Sparrow. Yeah, and uh, the High Sparrow. 
Yeah, not the Red Sparrow. I'm sorry. Yeah, the High Sparrow. Yeah, and, and brought them in, and and uh, seriously started like she was going to use them to gain to gain a higher ground against the against the uh, Tyrell against the Tyrells. She, yeah, Cersei does a lot of like stuff where you're like like all right, all right, that's heavy handed, and then when she cedes power to the High Sparrow, you're like, so you want to give them power to hold people accountable really high-born people accountable so you can fuck with marjorie and the moment she did it the moment that they're like yes so this is what we're gonna do to marjorie he's like yes and and also you're not leaving either because we're gonna put you on trial too like how did you not see that coming cersei you (laughs) fucking buffoon because she the way it happens in the book it's that it's they have the conversation like all right yep we're gonna get we're gonna get marjorie and then it's cersei going i am so fucking clever in her head and the next scene is the next the next paragraph is him imprisoning her like it just happens so fast she's like i'm so fucking smart and then she's arrested <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fucking idiot uh she got lost in her own in her own hubris hubris yep hubris 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 yeah guys i mean it's been a you know it's been fun coming here i i, I think i was the like constant guest yeah for the most part uh, for everything, you were you were a rock, our stone, yeah, <laughs> bastard from the uh, from the veil. Yep. Yeah. What was your favorite episode? We've we've already talked about. I feel like we've all mentioned our favorite episode mm-hmm. at one point or another. But man, because no, because in the moment as the series was airing, I I did say that uh, the episode three of season eight was my favorite, and there's a lot of things I love the way they did it. Even though there's a lot of criticism of it, I I still loved m- pretty much almost everything in that episode. But man, I, one of the ones I always went back to also was Battle of the Bastards. I love the yeah. way that was pulled off. Same. I I, I also really liked uh, I liked Hard Home as well. Ba- uh, Blackwater was great. Of course, these are just like the big battle episodes. But if you pen ultimate episode, yeah, pen ultimate pretty much. But like if you if, if, but if you leave that those out. That's hard to say. Mine was Beyond the Wall. Beyond the Wall. That was a good one, too. It was just so campy. Like, all right, we're going to get our get get the A-team together. <laughs> yep. We're going to yep. go capture a white. And it just goes terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That's, a, that's, a, that's really hard. I'm thinking back to season one. Um... I don't want to be that guy that says the first episode because it was just so good at setting the scene. Um, you know, I watched that not too long ago just to – I was early in the morning. perspective. Well, it was early in the morning on a Sunday. I had nothing else to do. The yeah. kid wasn't up yet. Wife wasn't up. And it, it, like, it, was right, it was like right in the middle. of this, It was probably right after season or episode three or whatever, right in the middle. And I'm like, click it, whatever. I'm, I, I just want to rewatch it. And I, I also just got – I got so far into the first audiobook, mm-hmm. you know, that I yeah, I wanted to see. Now that I have that perspective, look, go back and watch the you know the series interpretation, and I'm like, man, yeah, yeah. That, the rate the ratio of of like how the adaptation from the book to mm-hmm. the show, the the first season is just gold. It was so. It, it is so close. Yeah, they like, don't. They don't. Leave out any major details. No, it it it, it really was. I, I I was, 
I was kind of blown away a little bit just by how how much they really like really stuck to it. And I'm still trying to think exactly what episode. You know what? For a favorite episode that isn't one of the battles, I'm gonna have to say it was the uh, it was the contest. It was the uh, uh, the trial by combat with Oberyn and, and oh the mountain. yeah the the viper and the mountain because there was a lot around that too because there was yeah. like yeah you know Tyrion and then there was the Tyrion and Jamie interaction and and all of that and the Oberyn Oberyn is one of my favorite characters and he he's they don't, they they kind of go into it in the show mm-hmm. um that he, like he was already a big badass and then when shit went down with uh his sister getting killed he went like he went on a fucking quest to to do everything he could possibly do to decimate the lannisters um he went and and you know uh Earned a couple links on his maester's chain. He learned all about poisons. He's a he joined a sellsword company, and he's so because the Dornish, you know, they're they're so sexual and they don't give a fuck about anything, and they're so pr- prideful. And he's so witty, but then like when it comes down to it, like the first conversation with Tyrion, he's like, "I'm here to end this. I'm go I'm going to solve." This this thing that's been looming over our heads for sixteen years, and just s- episode after episode, seeing him um, get fleshed out more, and and then the the fight with the mountain where he's just and just like it happened in the book, he just he's just yelling it again and again and again. Say her name, say her name, and it, one of the number one uh, expectations being subverted. You're just like you're like. You're so excited. You're like, he's actually going to do it. He's going to do it. And then, no. 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 <laughs> and it, it just goes down so fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that episode is, is uh, episode eight of season four, The yep. Mountain and the Viper. Uh, the little synopsis. Unexpected visitors arrive in Moletown. Littlefinger's motives are questioned. Ramsey tries to prove himself to his father. And Tyrion's fate is decided. And then the next episode after that. The Wall. Is The Watchers on the Wall. So like that's like a one-two punch of episodes yep. because that episode in eight leaves you with, oh my god, what's gonna se- happen? That's why season four was just so. In the next episode, good. yeah, the Watchers on the Wall, you don't get any of that. Yeah, it is completely up there, and you have to wait to ten to to get the like the falling out from that. Yep, man, and that's a great that's a great episode too. Yeah, ten where where you know it it, it was man when Tyrion gets out, like Jamie lets him out. Does he tell him that? Does Tyrion tell Jamie that he killed Joffrey? Because he does in the book. Because they're getting ready to leave, and he he's just he's just uh, oh oh because Jamie when when he's escaping, Jamie tells him the the Taisha thing wasn't true. He said she wasn't a whore. Dad Dad made me tell you that, and he was so fucking pissed. That, that when that when Jamie asked if he killed Joffrey, he said he did. He said he said Cersei is fucking this guy, this guy, and this guy, and I killed your son. He just <laughs> he just he just blows up on him trying to piss him off. I don't think he says that in the, in the series. No, but it's a it's a huge and they have not they've not uh, got back together in the books yet. But Jamie doesn't care. Jamie doesn't care that Joffrey died at all. At all, 
He doesn't give a fuck at all. He doesn't even really care when Tywin dies. Jamie is such an interesting character. He doesn't care about any of his kids mm. because, like, just because they're not his. Right. And he's he he was never allowed to act anything like a father. That was the cool thing in the series that they did with you get that one moment with uh, 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 um, the daughter, Marcella, uh, Marcella, yeah. Marcella, uh, <gasps> on the way back. Oh my god. Where like I forgot about that. Where you know they, they have that father daughter. moment. They have that moment where she's like. I know you're my dad. I'm not an idiot. And he's like, ah, but she goes, and it's okay. She goes, well, because, and then down there, her being adorned, and she kind of sees more of the inner family relationship and how that works. She goes, it's okay. I get it. She goes, you, you love, you love mom. And she goes, and that's okay with me. That's fine. And we're not a bunch of deformed incest. Yeah, no, we're fine. You know? and, yeah. and then she's like, I See? want, See no webs. Well, well, and and and, and, I, and she was really wanting to get a chance to know her, know Jamie as her dad, and said, "I want to know you that way." And he, you could just be happy for him in that moment. Finally, where you're like, "Hey, I get to, we, I get to like experience being a father." And then she dies. <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the better bits of writing that where they went on their own. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. And then and then she died. <laughs> <laughs> she died. I loved loved it, loved it. Like ah, uh, happiness. No. Oh, no happiness. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well, did you said your favorite episode or no? I just said a couple. It's really, okay. It's really yeah. hard to choose. I it mean, is. all those episodes are just insanely good. I mean, it, it having heard them, it makes me question my own choice of actually having a definitive favorite episode. But yeah, Beyond the Wall, still my favorite. And I guess I'll say since. For some reason, I think it's just the way we're programmed nowadays, is we, we end up talking about a lot of things we don't like. Mm-hmm. But but I can say definitively that it, this is it's my favorite show. Yeah. There is so much in this show that I that I do like. There's not there's nowhere near anything in this or, or like I'm thinking about this in a negative way. Yeah, right. That's that's what I wanted to say is that is you, you hear us nitpicking a lot, um, but despite it all, it's it's one of my it's my favorite book series um and the show is is phenomenal and yeah they didn't do some things right but it's still better than everything else it doesn't detract from like from from an interpretation point it is so much better than most everything else out there yeah yeah so i can't wait to rewatch it from beginning to end just to flow yep. right through not have to wait not have to yeah. do anything because I, I wonder if that's going to help kind of change my perspective too, just on like how when you're flowing right through the entire series and you get to those last two seasons and they flow right through, it's like, is that going to change my mind on anything? You know? Cause you, cause you forget a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like when, when I go back, like some, I've been listening to the audiobooks a lot and like <laughs> Arya at the very end is just this little fucking wisecracking, you know, Scary little little woman, <laughs> um, and her story's wild. Like it's it, she goes through so much shit. Um, first in Westeros, and then she goes and does a bunch of wild shit over. The, like y- you forget things like that, you know. Um, so I'm very very excited to go back through too. All the scenes with uh, with Arya and Tywin. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, that was good th- stuff. Those are great scenes. I remember talking with uh, uh, Nick Torres, um, and we 
when I started watching it, uh, of course he he had watched season four, and he I think he had said that he had rewatched the entire series leading up to it, and but it's been like a few months by that point since he'd actually thought about it, and we were talking about everything, and one of his favorite things in mine too especially for the first part of the series is like all these different character pairings that would come up with. Yeah. And what you see, you would always see a couple of them at a time, you know? So we like, you like with Arya and, and then, uh, and then the hound, but, the, but before that it was Arya and Tywin and, and you just like all these characters would work off of each other. And then of course we would still get that as the entire series went on, but of course they would be, it would mean even less once they all kind of got closer together mm-hmm. in the same area. Yeah. Because a lot of times, most of the series, they were just traveling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much traveling. People aren't chilling. Except Cersei. Cersei just sat around and drank the whole fucking time. The whole time. She didn't go. She she went to Winterfell, went back, and she never went anywhere. No. Ever. <laughs> no. no. Everyone else went on some wild-ass journeys. See, Cersei, you got what you fucking deserve, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You uncultured swine. <laughs> God damn. All right. Let's put this to an end, just like the show. <laughs> uh, Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this episode has been more fleshed out than the last episode of the series. <laughs> so, um, at, with that being said, this is the, for now, final episode of Game of King Chair. I'll be back if you guys ever do more when you do the new series and stuff. It's possible. It's possible. There's lots of Game of Thrones stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll think of an excuse. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been a fun little mini-series to do. I've really enjoyed doing it, uh, taking that extra time out of my week to, you know, just have some more content, you know, and it's it's been fun. It's, I've, I've really enjoyed being able to sit and chat with, like, officially chat with people about the show rather than just, oh, being at work and having these little talks and then getting distracted by shit and you know, it, it's it's been really fun. Um, yeah, I really I really like this. Me too. Me too. Good. It's good, good to just geek out about a certain subject. Yeah. You know, yeah. take some time to really just dive into. And, and Brando, things. it's it's been really great having you on here several times. Yeah, it's been uh, great being here. It's been, it it's you know it's a good escape. You yeah. know, like I spend most of my time just talking about games. Yeah. You know, plug that shit. Yeah, game game Axe podcast. We have our own podcast along with my co-host uh, Mike, who should have been on this Game of King right. Chair show at some point. He's a big fan as well. Yep. But yeah, Game Axe podcast. We are uh, we are we are a weekly podcast about video games, modern and retro, all that good stuff. We got E three coming up. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Stuff to be excited for for that. But you can check out our stuff each and every single week. We we're live on Wednesdays on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Game Addicts Play, as well as our our Facebook page. Check us out on social medias on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Game Addicts Play, and on our YouTube channel. Uh, go and search that. That's pretty much the one-stop shop for everything Game Addicts Podcast. All our gameplay, all of our podcasts are there. And if you like podcasts, you, if, you just, if you're listening to this on Podbean, guess what? We are there as well. We're on, podca- we're on podcast services around the world, expanding that front. Every single Thursday, the episode goes up, like Apple Pod. Did you know they're... They're actually like getting rid of iTunes. Getting rid of iTunes, and they're bringing out three three new apps to replace one app. Well, the apps are already there. They're just are they? Okay. Well, Apple Podcast, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn. I I submitted this to iHeartRadio. No shit. Still waiting. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're yeah we're all those man. And also on the Podcastery page, we or Podbean and Apple on their podcast service that they have on this great feed, we. Yep. 
the Game Addicts podcast have have some have some crossover content. We did our first episode of Game Addicts Eat. Yeah. Where we tried the vegan Beyond Burger from TJ Fridays. That's a Payless now, by the way. Is it? Yeah, is, 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 I saw it. Oh, dude, I'm gonna have to check that out. That that dropped uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that episode. That did. And you know what? And there might be some audio issues with it. You might like hear some fading in and out. We were in a different setup, mm-hmm. recording on a different thing. So if we do it again, uh, that's going to be in the mindset. Hey, you know what? There's always growing pains when you start something new, when you do something new. There's always going to be some stuff out there. Of course, that's also on our YouTube. The video for that's on our YouTube yep. channel as well. Uh, but the only place where you can hear that audio is on the podcast or feed. So download that wherever your fine podcasts are available. Thank you for your creativity and giving me some content to throw up on my feed. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> it's good to hang out. It's good to cross-promote and help grow. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, I've been sharing the fuck out of your out of your thing on our Twitters. And, I, I really and, appreciate and while, that. While we've been sitting here, like I've, I've had like four or five like likes and shares from nice. from this feed because I shared the Facebook and, 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 and the Twitch. Sometimes if you see me just put the phone down and start mm-hmm. typing, that's what I was doing, yeah. Nice. Yeah, You're sharing. on it. You're on it. I, I try to be. It's hard to remember that kind of stuff when you're just oh I know gonna be into it. And, I've yeah. always I've always told myself I'm gonna start taking pictures like while I do my shows and yeah. just and then throw them up on Instagram and yeah. or my stories or something like that and just mm-hmm. you know hey we're doing this right now we're live. I I did that for a while and I actually put up like little clips from the yeah. show and I actually edited them. I've done that too like with Snapchat and I'll I actually I uh, took the clips while I was editing the show. I selected like sixty seconds or fifty seconds, exported that. Copy that to my Dropbox. Copy that to my phone to upload it to Instagram because you can't upload it via the web browser. Yeah. And it just I, – I did it a few times. It was cool. I did it for the one where I licked the Switch cartridge. <laughs> yeah, I remember there. that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they taste horrible. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're awful. But, like, I did it just for, hey, for fun, and then I threw it up there. But <laughs> All right. And, Nick, when I came up with the idea for this show, I couldn't have – thought of a better person to co-host this with i mean it was definitely it was definitely between you and brandon and like you were definitely the first option because you're, you're one of the reasons i got into this show you're one of, like because i mean despite getting into it about the same time like I, I remember being in that in our friend group and just hearing about game of thrones non-stop mm-hmm. oh yeah we were we were on the ground level yeah we uh we really Got into it extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Very fast. Yeah. It's what got me back into reading. I hadn't read a book in four or five years. And then I watched the first four seasons, and I was like, I'm going to go read read these books now. Yeah. So. I was there for that, too. <laughs> Game of Thrones has changed my life. It's changed a lot of our lives, I think. So go ahead. Cool. And, go ahead and plug your stuff. You have shows. I got some plugs. Um, I've got a couple podcasts myself. Uh, we do brews with dudes. We sample new beers every week, uh, anywhere from four to five, uh, brand new beers. Um, we pretty much just bullshit on top of that. Um, we're not snooty. You know, you, you can be a, uh, uh, an everyday listener and, you know, we'll describe it as like, Hmm, this tastes like a dirty sock and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> um, we've also got dungeons with dudes. Uh, which we uh, run a couple of D&D campaigns and then just play board games, card games, shit like that. Um, yeah. I book metal shows. I'm in a couple of different bands. We'd be huge. Huge is a political band about this great administration that we're in the middle of. <laughs> um, 
And thank thank you to Game of Thrones for letting us get distracted from that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. God, the world's burning around us. Um, we are in King's Landing. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, you can find uh, the podcast Breeze with Dudes, Dungeons with Dudes on all the podcast places. I'm not even gonna not even gonna go into it. If all, you can, if you can listen, if you can listen to a uh, if you can listen to a podcast, we're we're definitely on there uh, as part of the Journey to Comics Network. So if you can't find Breeze with Dudes or Dungeons with Dudes, type in Journey to Comics Network, and you'll find us that way. Yep. And of course, you can find Podcastrophy on its own feed and the Journey into Comics Network. Um, and we are live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube every Tuesday, roughly around 5.30. So come on by, check us out, leave something in the chat for us to laugh at, and have a good time. And that is all I got. Our watch is ended. Our, our watch is ended. Our watch is ended. Bye, guys. <laughs>